Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, October 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of a three part Chepe space that started out titled Where is the Coach and ended up titled Do Men Deserve Rights? Let's take a listen. Um, my champagne arrived, and I also bought, because this time I did not buy a vintage, so I just bought regular champagne. Um, so I needed to meet the delivery minimum, and I bought this Japanese drink called soju. Has anybody ever tried it before? I've never tried it, but it looked interesting, so I bought it. It makes me feel sick, but it's, like, pretty good. So I bought this one. I was looking, and I saw it on TikTok. That's why I bought it. And it's a yogurt-flavored one, and everyone said it was really good, but I haven't opened it yet. It's just in my fridge. Um, what does it taste like, Kate? And, like, how do I drink it? Do I take it, like, a shot, or do I mix it with something? It's, like, in between. I think it's, like, 20% alcohol or something, or, like, 15 or something like that. I mean, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty easy to drink, like. Okay. It tastes, it tastes all right, in my opinion. Like not the best, but it tastes all right. Um, I've heard people got like super one. drunk on it, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm gonna try yeah, it. It tastes like minutes. it tastes less alcoholic than it is. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Maybe that's yeah. why people get so drunk on it. Um, okay, um, well, I'm almost done with my glass of champagne, so I'm gonna try it in like five minutes. Uh, I'm really sorry, but was I unmuted that whole time? No, just for like yeah, two seconds. That was you actually were, but there was like um no any noise, but you were randomly unmuted at points. Okay, good. So uh, I just looked at my phone and I was like, oh, sh-. Um, no, it was just some rustling around. It wasn't anything serious. I'm just like a squirrel. <laughs> I'm just gathering nuts. Would you guys come around for dinner? Yeah, if I live that obviously. Thank you. That's really nice. Zara, you could be serving the most disgusting food in the world, and I would still show up. I would, I would eat, eat it. it graciously. Yeah, I would happily eat it. <laughs> I really appreciate that. The food in the restaurant is really nice. I'm going to tell you all we had for dinner because um, we're closing the restaurant for two weeks on holiday. So we had to use up all, a lot of the food. So um, for dinner, we had like uh, crevettes, we had like grilled prawns, green prawns, and garlic butter. And then we had North African aubergine stew, zaluka. Uh, North African like meatballs, matuam, and then we had uh, patata shamula, which is like little potato cubes with like a garlic, Middle Eastern mayo on. And then we had a rustico, which is a massive stone baked garlic bread with cheese uh, with caramelized onions and mozzarella. And it was so nice. And um, I ate until I was so full that my 
I looked pregnant and then I got in bed and I hopped on the space to digest it. So yeah, thank you for helping me digest. Also, when I was asleep just then, I had a dream um, that there were loads of sparrows on my head, chipping at my head. And I don't know if we were making weird sounds in this space, like little bird sounds, but I could hear birds and it woke me up. I don't know. Was someone using a soundboard? I don't think so, but that's interesting that that's what, what your dream was. Maybe somebody's voice sounds sort of bird, birdish, bird-like. Yeah, maybe. I don't, know. I, I don't know who it was. That meal sounds delicious, though. I accidentally put a laugh emoji when you were talking about it, but I meant to hit the heart one. And I was oh. nervous that you were going to think I was laughing at your food, but it sounds really good. Mm. I, I hear your truth. You're allowed to laugh at me. Maybe you don't like prawns as well. Okay. I like prawns and like shrimp and stuff. Mm. Not super. Mm. Is anyone really picky about anything? Is anybody a picky eater? Before nope. I go on with this, what I'm about to say. <laughs> no, not at all. I find picky eaters to be just like the worst trait on earth. It makes me so upset when somebody's a picky eater. I don't know why. I just feel like once you're an adult it's just sort of like just eat it like <laughs> i don't know it feels so simple just just i don't know it's so frustrating sometimes i'm like orthorexic like if something's unhealthy i'll like not eat it if i don't want it i don't I just yeah kind that's of eat fine I but it's more like if somebody's like like they not, take like the vegetables like, off their burger or something and it's like what yeah like, and it doesn't have it to be like you can have things you don't like like if you there's you're just like oh i don't really like you know i'm just not a big fan of shrimp or something like that totally fine but it's the people that it's like everything they don't like like they won't eat anything um or i have a friend <gasps> and the I, people who won't eat her. fish and seafood oh i hate those people so much sorry go on <laughs> i I have this friend and I love her to death, but every single time we go out, I know exactly what she's going to order because if there is a burger on the menu, that is what she orders every single time. And it's not because she's like unhealthy or anything. She, well, she might be kind of, but she's one of the skinniest girls I know, but it's just that she will not try anything else. But then I'll have her try things that I order and she'll always like them, but it's just that she she's too scared to try stuff or she'll say, oh, I don't like that. But it's something that she's never actually tried before. And I'm I, like, how can you say you don't like something if you haven't tried it? I don't know. It just makes me so. Yeah, no, no. Upset. I know the type of person who like thinks that they know that they don't like things, but you know that they would have such a better life if they were. Like, I know like, there's so many things. things where yeah. I'm like, like I know that you would like this. Like we went to a French restaurant the other day and French food is, inc there's, it's very, there's not many foods in French food that I think people, like most people wouldn't like, or that people would have an aversion to, you know, it's not like certain, I don't know. It's not like certain Asian foods where I understand how it's very different than Western food. So it could be difficult to eat. It's very, very, very easy to eat. And we go to this French restaurant and she knows that there are things on the menu that she would like. Like there was like coca vin on the menu. I think there was um, like like a beef bourguignon, like so many things that she could have eaten. And she ended up ordering the burger. And she even said, oh, I almost ordered the coca vin, but I decided not to. And I was thinking, 
why the fuck did you pick a French restaurant then? Like she picked the <laughs> she picked the restaurant. I was like, why did we come here? Like we should have gone somewhere else if you weren't going to order something French. Like I'm embarrassed talking to the waiter and telling him like that's what you're gonna order. It's humiliating. <laughs> it just makes me so mad. So I guess I'm kind of a control freak a little bit. Maybe that's yeah. Wrong. You're kind of a cute sort of like uh, food snob. Well, it's 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 so frustrating. I always say no. She's normal. Like, she's normal. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing when your friend like doesn't know like you can't take it like well. Like they don't know anything. Like they I know they want to eat like the same boring shit over and over. Like it is embarrassing. I, I agree. <laughs> I definitely ordered the most. I'll usually go and sort of like order the most unique thing that I've never had, or I'll just take the recommendation of the chef and say, hey, like what what do you have here that is like your signature thing or something like that. And usually um, we'll make sure like to get everybody usually gets like something different so we can all eat, like pick on each other's plates. <laughs> but that's-, that's what I always do. Or that's what I like to do. I feel like it's because I also grew up like my dad is kind of a, a food snob. And so we would always, you know, order a couple dishes. My dad would, would sometimes order for us, stuff like that. And it's kind of I would rather try something and not like it then order something that I know that I'm going to like and then be regretting it or wishing I had tried something else if I thought it sounded really interesting. Um, I also always say like I could never date somebody that doesn't eat sushi because I really like sushi and it would piss me off to no end if I were with somebody that was like, oh, I don't eat raw fish. Just I would not be able to do that. That's weird. That's really weird from a guy. Like that's really like sus. I know. I think what's funny, Patty, is like what I'll do is. I don't think I've ever met a guy who doesn't eat raw fish ever. What I'll do is, um, so my wife will um, sort of order. um, She'll order like the maybe the more routine thing, something she's pretty sure she's going to eat, and then I'll get the experimental, like interesting thing, and she'll taste my stuff, and if it's better, she'll steal my shit. That's what usually happens. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. My mom's a fucking. That's a She's so cute. Like, That's a woman's mind. job, I think, <laughs> is to steal your food. That's what women are were sort of born to do. It's something about the gath my cat's going crazy. It's something about the gathering instinct to gather off of your boyfriend's plate or your husband's. Mm. By the way, um, Kay, when is your birthday or what month or star sign are you, whatever? It's um in November. So you're Sorry, a I'm a Scorpio in Western astrology, but I don't believe in Western astrology. But yeah, there's many Scorpios in Sagittarius's in here. Steffi's a Scorpio. I think Coach said he is a Sagittarius, unless he was lying. Um, He's such a Sagittarius. I know. I, I don't lie. I don't lie. Coach Frog is also a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. I have a Something... Scorpio moon and Scorpio rising, and then I'm. You have a Scorpio same... rising and a Scorpio moon. Scorpio moons are hard to have. And I'm a Virgo sun, like you, Addy. We have our birthdays very close. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love Scorpio risings. Um, wait, what are you, Addy? I am a Virgo sun, a Virgo moon, a Cancer rising, a Virgo oh. Venus, a Virgo Mercury. And a Leo Mars. Wow, that's really cool. That's the most Virgo bulb I've ever had in my life. My mom is one as well. I'm kind of a a huge Virgo bitch. I think my Cancer rising, though, 
really is probably like comes out the most. I'm really, really sensitive. Yeah, I'm a Libra rising. I think it comes out a lot more than Pisces males and Leo females get along really well. Pisces males are idiots. Oh well, hey, Pisces males. (laughs) Fine. But um, yeah, it's it's funny. I know Seppi is probably sat in his in his gaming chair right now, leaning back, thinking, "I can't believe I associate with these sorts of people. They don't believe in facts and logic. They believe in stars and stupid stuff." Um, but I like to think that we're cracking his mind open with a big hammer. And we're putting little whispering secrets into his ear, and one day he'll wake up and he'll say, "Hmm." I feel like a Scorpio Scorpio today. I can feel my water sign coming out, you know? Who exactly are you incepting? Well, if you're putting, like, memories in people's heads, that's Inception. What the fuck are you talking about? That's not what she's talking about. (laughs) Maybe pay attention and keep up. I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) So... Sethi has some cognitive dissonance because he respects us a lot, but then, like, we believe things that he doesn't believe in. So at some point, he's going to have to just adopt those beliefs. Guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, um, but I just wanted to let everybody know I'm going to do it with my mic on. I'm trying this Japanese drink. So it's called Sunhari Yogurt Soju. Or can somebody, can one of the British people please say yogurt? Because I really like the way you say it. (laughs) Yogurt. I love it. Okay. I hate it so much. <laughs> but I'm so happy people. when you guys say it. Okay, I'm pouring a little <laughs> into my glass. I don't really know how much to drink. So it says that it's 12% alcohol. So that's not too strong. So I think I can probably just take a sip of it. I don't know. I put like a hefty sip in. Okay, here we go. Okay, what's the review? It's good. It's really, it's not like something I would normally have. Mm. It does kind of taste a little bit like yogurt, but it almost tastes like how I imagine. Have you guys ever seen those hamster yogurt treats? They're like strawberry (laughs) hamster treats. That's kind of how I imagine it would taste, but it's good. It's really sweet. I'm not sure if you're just supposed to drink it out of the bottle or... I thought maybe you were supposed to take it as a shot, but it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like you take it as a shot. Does it have the consistency good. of yogurt? No, it's it's the consistency of just a liquor. Like, um, I wonder what the base is. I wonder if it's sake or I don't know. Isn't it? Other it's made out of rice, right? I think. Yeah, I I feel like I it I, don't, I can't see it anywhere, but I feel like. It probably is, so it must be like sake because sake is like rice wine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One last Very thing about um, star signs, by the way, Addy, you and I are both Virgo Sun and Virgo Mercury. And for those that don't know what that means, Mercury is the planet of communication. So it's how you talk, how other people see you, how you're presented in, in words. And um, Virgo is an earth sign, it's earthly, and it's the most direct of the signs, probably. It's uh, it's known for being a bit blunt at times, but it's also known for being very honest and truthful. And um, I would like to say that Adi and I both share that trait, so astrology has now been proven correct. 
I find that very interesting. I think that we both are pretty direct communicators. I would say, like most people in my life, if they were to describe me in one way, it they would probably describe me as incredibly blunt and very straightforward. So, holy shit! I just googled my name. Um, Your real name? No, my my screen name here, Steffi. Like it is like all over Google. What the fuck? Let me go. Ridiculous. Nobody Google my name. You wouldn't find it. So, you, like, wait, Zara, what was that trait you said that you two had? I'm looking at my thing now. I don't Virgo know. Mercury. Very direct, blunt, straightforward communication. Okay, read up your chart. What what are you? I can tell you what, what it means if you want roughly. Yeah, yeah what's Pisces? I don't, I don't know what's at all. Okay, um I'm Wait, what the heck? Okay. Oh, this is wrong. I think I put it in wrong. Wait, because this is not what I've gotten before. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do it again. You guys talk about something else for now. This is interesting, yeah. actually. Check this out. So when I Googled myself, um, one, there's a place called the African Vision Research Institute with my name, which is funny. Um, but also people search for um, Asparagoid Twitter. Like one of like we're we are now associated with each other somehow, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And then like there's um for some reason, okay, yeah, I guess I'm on a podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on um somehow like I'm on YouTube and then Twitch, I'm not sure why. Um let me see here. Um <laughs> Is it actually you or is it somebody with your name? Tara Spaces uploads all her uh, no, to no, Terra Space. Apple Music yeah. and all that shit. I'm pretty sure. I'm on, yeah, I'm on TuneIn. I'm on, like, I have no idea. Reddit. Um, yeah, some of these, I think, are mine at some point, maybe. Um, You're famous. This is just weird. But it's just, like, endless. It's strange. Anyway, whatever. Um, but actually, it pops up. I actually chose well because, like, not very many people have used this name in the world. So it's like it's the first thing that pops up when I Google it is is stuff about me, which is cool. I just looked up my Twitter, and one of my tweets is in an article about Brooklyn because I made fun of somebody from Brooklyn. That's on tweets of the week, and it's making it's making fun of the guy that makes fun of the Dime Square New York downtown fascists. So that's pretty hilarious. You know, I actually had a random conversation for like an hour with someone named Sethi a while back. Completely random. I thought she was somebody else. Turned out to be a really cool person. Oh, really? So you had a random conversation with someone with my same name? Yeah, but it was a female. Oh, really? So she was a crazy stalker bitch. No, she was just like a random person on Overwatch that, you know, we uh, we had a conversation and you never just had like a random conversation with somebody that you never met before and just really clicked. Oh, it just happened to be my name. It's a cool experience when it happens. Yeah, I'm pretty scared to talk to people outside of my phone because I don't know, I think I'm really scared of the way I back in real life. I think I think I'm really ugly and fat and weird. So um I try to just meet people online instead of in real life. Well, you know, 
sound like a burn victim. I'm sure you're probably just having body dysmorphia. You're probably very hot. No, I'm like 250 kilos, and I have like a skin condition. Actually, her her face is burned so bad she has to mainly drink through a straw. Yeah, um, she was voice... saying that, but in a couple yeah. If that was actually the case, I would feel really, really bad for saying that. I'm sorry. Yeah, her voice always I shouldn't assume this bad because of the amount of like effect on the lips and around the neck. Right, it's like really constricted. But um, actually, Ava's voice was much, much nicer before. Before this incident, it's pretty bad. Sophie, when you, you you either compliment or insult my voice, and I'm I can't tell like which side is sincere. Like, are the compliments a convoluted insult or are they? No, no I mean, that was an absolute how, compliment. That was not a. Imagine that was... how nice it was before the big burn, right? Oh yeah, the lunk burn. Lunk if I'm gonna burn, insult somebody, I'll come correct with it. Hey guys, lunk to a dollar. <laughs> Zara, tell me what I um. Sorry, Ava. I have I got it up. Okay, wait. Are you awake? Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking my truth. Oh no, I can't hear now. Okay, wait. My sun's Scorpio. My moon's Aries. Mercury, Libra, Libra, um, Libra rising. Do you want any more? Venus, Sagittarius, Mm -hmm. Mars, Libra. Yeah. I don't know what that means, really. I don't know anything about astrology, but it, it looks kind of easy because I did Vedic astrology for like two or three years. So now this looks kind of like easy to understand in comparison. Like maybe mm. I've been missing out. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll just tell you what some of the main ones mean if you want. So um, your sun is like the brains of your personality and you're a Scorpio. That's like a, um, it's a water sign. It's quite turbulent. It's... The basically the the most emotional uh, and like passionate signs. Death is basically death rules Scorpio. Um, so they tend to be they live every second like it's their last sort of thing. I'm I'm describing this badly, but just giving you the rough vibe. So that's who you are fundamentally. You know, you live life, and you wouldn't have much regrets when you die. That's the essential Scorpio vibe. Uh, Moon Aries. Aries is the first sign. It's cardinal. It's the fire, it's explosion into life. Um, a lot of it is about will and will to power. And having a moon is how you think and the way you process things in your brain. And so having an Aries moon can often mean that you have a lot of anger because obviously all that passion can be anger sometimes. Um, and that anger can be either directed at yourself or the world. Um, but it's something that you tend to work on over time. And then Mercury is how you communicate things. And that's in Libra, which is like the scales. And Libra is very harmony seeking. So that means when you when you speak with people, you tend to seek harmony, um, which might be at odds with your Aries moon. But um, yeah, I'm describing these really badly because I'm half asleep. But I hope yeah, that that's cool. useful. That's I have two questions. Um, one, I have a star sign for my birth that my mom gave me not too long ago. I don't know how to read it. Is there any good books that I could pick up that would help me like transcribe my star chart? And two, yeah, do you have anything um, for Pisces? Yeah, uh, I'll send you some cool stuff on Pisces. I think something important to remember is we aren't just our sun signs. Like that's Otherwise, there'd only be 12 personalities in the world. The whole basis of astrology is that each of our combinations that we have of all the different planets and where they are in the sky when we're born, that's unique. Um, just 12? 
What? what sorry? Just twelve? No, the, I was saying we we aren't just twelve things. Like you know, there's like a magazines. Oh, if you're a Virgo, then you're this, and if you're a Scorpio, then you're this. Like, yeah, it's your sun sign, but there's also your moon sign, your rising, your Mercury, your Venus, your Mars. All of these things affect each other. It's all a massive meld, and it's meant to just basically tell you what your soul might be like and the different routes it could go down and help you learn about yourself and choose the best route for yourself. It shouldn't be fortune telling. It should be a tool to help you figure out something about yourself. Um, you know, yeah, there's a book called The Inner Sky um, that I think is really fun and interesting. Whether you believe it or not, it's a good description. It tells you how it works. I'll send you a link. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I mean, I'm all minded to this stuff. It's just really interesting when I look at my chart. It seems like all of my stuff is in the top right-hand corner of that circle. It's there. Mm. It's all like kind of centralized in one area. Mm. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Uh, it's. I think the more you read about it, the more our birth charts are all very personal, and um, there's a lot of different factors to each thing. It's not just. It's not random really at all. Um, and you can say, oh, well, it's just, you know, people look for the patterns and they think everything that's broad is actually specific to them when it's not. And it's like, well, regardless of what you believe, even whether you believe in like God or whether you believe we are like completely materialist or whatever, it makes no difference. If something helps you introspect and learn about yourself, then it, it is useful. Um, and also, once the more you look at it, the more you, you, you can't stop seeing it at a certain point. Um, that, correlation yeah. theory. Yeah, correlation, whatever. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. What matters is your function that you have in it. I think it's better to have an idea when it comes to religion, like the dogma. Uh, kind of answer it's like easier to change an idea but a belief is like set it's very hard to change your beliefs i don't know yeah i know what you mean okay i'm gonna send you this now before i forget thank you i'm clicking on your name and it's coming up with a different profile yeah i changed my name it just hasn't updated yet all right it needs to be mutual. I changed it from nobody to somebody. Yeah, that's cool. That's based. Um, just follow me back and I'll send you this thing. I'm not saying okay. that I'm way, but I just what I want to forget. <sighs> anyway, I'll sort of an astrology, guys. You just carry on. Cool conversation. I'm glad I jumped in. My cat just bit me so hard I started bleeding. Bite him back. No, I, I don't do those things. She's having a nice time. I'm just playing with her. She bites you a lot, though, Eddie. Yeah, because she pretty gets much, excited. And she does... Ow! Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just bit me so hard. <laughs> oh, this she needs to stop. That's not very good. Oh my god, I can't believe I had my mic on when she did that. Um, oh my god, she bit me so hard. I have like bite marks that are <laughs> bleeding on my hand. Oh, I think I'm telling just, you, you, gotta put her back. She just got too excited because she's playing. 
She's she's like three, I think. So I know that religion and politics is usually a bad topic, but um, I have this weird theory about the Bible having symbolism. And uh, there's this one point in Revelations where it talks about the Antichrist will come forward through the endless sea and be surrounded by seven candelabras sitting on a golden throne. And he will have half the world convinced that he is the anti the savior, while half of the world will see him as the prince of lies. So you break that down a little bit. You've got the endless sea would be the endless sea of knowledge, the internet. Um, obviously, I mean, if you want to like think about it, like Trump had half of the world loving him and half of the world hating him. Uh, and the seven candelabras could be stock candlesticks. The golden throne being America's presidency. What do you think? You've thought this through quite extensively. Um, There's a lot of symbolism that, you know, like Sodom and Gomorrah or turning to salt or whatever. It could just be like some alchemist back in the day created a bomb and turned everybody into dust. I've but they didn't. City, you know. I've seen cities turn to salt. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, alchemists have been around since before the times of like major science. Maybe it's finally happened. There's lots of stuff like that in the Bible. I think that's interesting. And yeah, I think there is definitely a lot of symbolism in the Bible. You could read it as a symbolic story um, if you want. It doesn't really make any difference whether it really happened or not. It's it's there and it's affected culture. So yeah, um, I think if it does tell a specific story, like the one that you're relating to real life right now, um, it's probably a story that will be told, has been told in the past, and will be told again in the future. It's a recurring theme through human history. Um, well, if we really are living through the, quote, end times, um, we're currently in the 10 years of trials and tribulations because we've already seen the pestilence and plague. That would be the COVID epidemic. Um, the rapture, I'm thinking, is a little bit more along the lines of you know how we're going to have Neuralink here in the next couple of years, Elon Musk's ship in the brain? Yeah, you um, Did you get vaccinated against the COVID virus? Uh, no, I actually caught it, so I didn't need to get vaccinated because I had the antibodies. And... Mm, fair enough. Speak your truth. I actually didn't get vaccinated. I actually didn't catch it. <laughs> I caught it, and I had it only for three days. It was very unimpressive. <laughs> it was My brutal, turn. though, for three days. My parents are a fucking nightmare. They they keep taking these fucking boosters and things. I'm like, don't take the fucking boosters again and again. But I I think they've taken like three fucking boosters now. Two two of the original doses, like Moderna or AstraZeneca or something, Seppi. Um, and then like two or three boosters already now. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Like, there's no like it gets to a point where there's no fucking. Yeah, my mom's had three boosters. I think. Like, Sorry. and is did they get sick from it? Because everybody I know that's gotten the COVID vaccination has caught. Caught COVID. I was going to say that the, the, the point is they both had COVID twice. So they already have natural immunity. And then they're taking the boosters on top. They're seeing it like these little, um, I don't know, they're seeing it like their battery is decreasing and they've got to top it up by charging themselves up. I'm like, well, antibodies do, I mean, that is the nature of antibodies. You, no, they but they, they've, had it, they've had real COVID, like two variants, twice. 
So they're pretty fucking like protected. And they've already had like four doses on top of that. And then they're taking another one again. Like, I think they took another one again, like a few days ago. I'm like, Jesus. Why don't you try and stop them? I did. What do you mean? Tell them that's not. Do they act any different now that they have the nanos? There's nothing I can do. But I I did. I did. Like I I said, there's no, there's no proof. And you already have the natural immunity and da, da, da. You don't need to get five fucking doses. You know, Jesus Christ. And you've already gone through it twice. You've already been like um locked yourself down and had it and gone through the whole thing and the fever and everything you have the natural immunity why the fuck are you doing this they're like oh we just want to be safe i'm like jesus fucking christ when does this end i like so- my heart hope to survive i'm gonna be the last astrazeneca alive i'm pretty sure that my parents were like gonna be against the covid vaccination they were just gonna fight it with vicks vapor rub use that for everything Everyone in my family got it, and then when they got COVID, they all got super, super, super sick. And then, like, I don't know if I even got COVID. Like, I was sick for like an hour one time, and then another might have been asymptomatic. Test, and I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, exactly, because I didn't take this stupid. Uh, I'm not a fan, but anyway. Wait, don't tell so many people because like they, there's some militant people if you don't take that freaking vaccination. Yeah, but they're not like the speakers right now, so like I don't really. Do care you remember dehumanized <laughs> everyone with that stuff? Um, it was kind of weird, right? Wait, say that again, Zara. Do you remember how much everyone was dehumanized in the vaccination campaigns? Oh yeah. Whoever said the Vicks vapor rub is hilarious. Wait, elaborate. That's my mother-in-law. Thanks. She carries it around. She, she, she. They think it's is she. Mex- is she Mexican? <laughs> That's, um, they think it's like a cure for Dude, I, cr- I crap you not. I had a broken leg and she just slathered it in Vicks Vapor. Oh my God, rod. that's like my mother in law. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think the Greeks use Windex, right? Like put Windex on everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Greeks, like that's from that movie. Yeah. Hey, Addy, can you meet them? No, there's definitely some Vicks super freaks out there. It's very funny. Um, sorry, what'd you say, sorry? <laughs> Don't worry, carry on, Zoe. She was trying to tyrannically take away our voices. I'll do it. <laughs> now I was agreeing, like, there are some serious, like, Vic super freaks, right? Like, they just rub it on everything. Um, it's like, yeah. it's not even, like, clear that it does anything, but they like the way that, like, funny little um, smell, you know, feels. And I think it cures everything. It's really weird. Enough of it burns, though. Yeah, Melanie's laughing. She knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> she probably has a bunch of stories like that. You go to a rave and everybody puts it on a tissue when you're on ecstasy and you like breathe the Vicks vapor rub. You ever do that back in the day? That was Absolutely. And I used to yeah. put it in those dust masks. We've had patients that yeah, need it. Yeah, that's a good idea. There you go. Go on, Melanie. They will eat the Vicks. We have patients that eat them. That's gross. Yes, they are hardcore. Mm. I wonder if that's spicy. I imagine it's spicy. And I want to try. It's spicy. It's like yeah. forbidden. Now that it, now that we've talked about it, I feel like I need to taste it. Just a little bit. As a let treat. me know if it's spicy. Hmm. Can we tell some stories about our lives? I got a pretty good one. Okay. I'm listening with my big ears. (laughs) 
Uh, okay. Well, recently I have been getting a lot of uh, of attention from this group of people that are hardcore Republicans, and they want me to run for uh, local office. But I hate politics. Um, but the rest of the people that are running are very dumb, and so I might actually do it. You know why they tell you to do that? They tell you that because they want somebody in there that they can just feed their ideas to, and then you'll just be the the person up there that gets their ideas it into office. No, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Do, do I give you the impression that I'm easily swayed? Well, I'm telling it's you like that's movie what the they gladiator, think of your... Where he's like, that's why you must be the king, because you don't want to be the king. It's the, the people in my community, God bless them, are all very country. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, maybe you the, definitely shouldn't go up and represent people that you consider, quote-unquote, very country and don't really seem to respect. That's sort of the enough. opposite of the people that we need in office, even if it's well, local Well, the office. other people that are running are, like, hardcore, uh, you know, anti roe v wade type people and they they just believe that everyone should be and you know against all technology and it's it's really okay so let them if you know anything about the amish that's kind of where we're at you're amish i'm not amish um we're a different sect we're allowed to use technology obviously i'm on a phone oh you're a mennonite yep interesting it it is as weird as it as it sounds and if you've ever seen um, Amish Mafia, that's that's totally how it is. Everybody's got those cornrows, and in between the cornrows are pot. That's Green corn. Um, so does anyone else have any stories about their life recently? Any fun stories or silly stories? I thought I was Satoshi for a little bit this year. What does that mean? <laughs> Um, I thought I, when I was 16, I, uh, my, my roommate from military school, his father invited, uh, invited me to come spend Christmas with them. And he made a purchase of e-gold back when it was like really, really cheap and said, oh, I made a purchase. that's going to make you very powerful in the future, you know, but, uh, you have to decide right now. Do you want to be my guest or Satoshi Nakamoto? And I said Satoshi Nakamoto because I was 15 years old and I liked Kung Fu action films. Well, none of, uh, none of that got spoken about mm-hmm. for another 20 years. So I forgot all about it until this yeah, year. Yeah, I was like really sleepy and comfy right now. Um, anyone else want to listen to like maybe, I don't know, Addy, Bruce, Kate, tell a story? Yes, mm-hmm. I understand. You don't want to hear what I have to say. I will shut up. I can tell a story from right this present moment because it's really concerning me. Maybe Melanie or Seppi, the medical professionals in the room, can tell me if I should do anything. I'm staring down at my hand um, from when my cat bit me and I screamed loudly into the microphone because my microphone was still on. And now it's swollen and it's red and it's all puffy and it hurts a lot. Um what should I do? I need to do anything. She doesn't leave the house. She just stays inside. So I don't think she has any diseases, but, um, do you have any rubbing alcohol? Let the doctors and nurses speak, please. Yeah. With animal bites, um, depending, um, you can get some substantial infection. So 
technically speaking, you just kind of keep an eye on it, see how it looks tomorrow. So what if it looks I do? if it looks concerning at all, then there's some antibiotics that you can use. Actually, my stepsister, her cat bit her on the ankle, and she ended up needing to go to the hospital because it got so infected. Um, even though she her but her cat went outside and stuff. My cat doesn't go outside. So do you think Maybe I'm like less of a risk here? She probably got cat cat, cat scratch fever, so just have to watch it. Just put some ice on it. Okay. Take some Tylenol. If it gets worse, draw a line around the redness. And if it goes past the line, then you go to the hospital. Okay. I'll do that. I'll walk in and I'll say, Dr. Sefi. I was playing with my cat on Twitter spaces and she bit me so hard. And not only did I humiliate myself on the Twitter space, but now I need antibiotics. Yeah, it's it's a pretty common. Uh, it's actually a pretty common infection, so you do have to watch it to like see how it looks tomorrow. What antibiotics do they give you if you have it? Hmm. Um. It's been a while since I've played around in the ER. I can check though for you, Melanie. Do you remember? Hey, Seth, do you have any bacitracin? Hey, let the nurse speak, please. Does a cat poop uh, parasite okay. affect? Have a great day, guys. Is there an airborne parasite in cat poop that affects your brain? Okay, do we all? That's ask? like toxma. It's true. It was a, or something. He's a doctor. I want to know if it's true or not. Parasite well, yeah, there, that can change the brain of rats. Yeah, toxoplasma. Yeah, that's real. I, that's that's very why I got rid of my known. cat because I didn't want my little kids to breathe it in. It's incredible. You, that's very rare that <laughs> your really? cat would have that. If you take your cat to the vet, on a regular basis and your vet is competent and does stool samples, then you would not have to worry about that. It's that's incredibly rare. Yeah, it okay, tends so to be a kitty litter okay. problem with like more like stray cats and things like that. But yeah. yeah okay. A very domesticated like cat that's looked after. Because um, my grandma so- used to take care of all these cats. She lived by the river and she would put food out and they would all come. I remember I go to her house. And there was all these cats, and she would just feed the strays, and she was crazy. And I thought, oh, that's because of all those damn cats. So Yeah, that's probably pretty unlikely, to but, be honest. But like you said, maybe it was them, strays. But... If she was feeding the strays. Yeah, but she, if they she, weren't she like, living in her house, then. Well, some did. Some came in. Well, maybe but maybe, I don't know. Okay. Melanie, do you know, what, do you know what antibiotic I would have to take if I got this? So probably just, a, well, it just depends. So you probably get a Z-pack, but then if you have mm-hmm. a blood infection, they would have to alter it and then determine what antibiotics you get from that. Okay. So, I'm but getting nervous. Start, she did start, break the skin, so. It's a Z-pack. So a Z-pack will. Uh, yeah, will it's usually zithromycin. That's what I recall, too. Yeah. Um, I'm allergic to zithromycin. Oh, well. Thank you, Doc. <laughs> no, um, probably doxycycline then next. Yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of allergies to antibiotics. Actually, I don't have the list in front of me, but I have to bring like a a note with me to the doctor. Like I have a card somewhere that says all of it on it. So yeah, keep it, did it? Where did it bite you on the finger? Like at the joint or like at the soft? She bit me, um, kind of near my wrist. Yeah, it's a little bit more dangerous area. You have to be careful. Well, but it's on top of my wrist, like the back of, like it's on when you're just looking down at your hand and it's not flipped over, like the back of my hand. 
Is that You'll be okay. Do you want me to kiss it? So no, just you fucking weirdo. Take a marker and... Oh, you mean. I, I listen to you guys all the time, but I never chimed in. Okay, but... well, please stop interrupting. I'm going through a crisis where I might be dying from my cat. <laughs> what? Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, dokie. No, just if, keep an eye on Eddie. If just I die, I don't want you guys to ever host a space <laughs> again, except for one final <laughs> space yeah, we to like, say your goodbyes. Because I would feel yeah, the weirdo is pumping. Get like what? I wish like I wish there could be. I wish I didn't have to mute everybody to get him to stop talking. Just look at it tomorrow. If it's if it's swollen at all, then um, then yeah, you need to take something for it. Yeah, just okay. take a marker and draw around it, so it will show like if it's getting bigger or not. Okay, I'm gonna do that right now because that's exactly what they're gonna do when you go to the hospital. Okay, it's funny. I have like a license in eight states now. I just don't have one in New York. What the fuck, Seffy? How, qu- how quickly can you get licensed? <laughs> I might die. Um, what if this spreads to my lungs, and then I'm gonna have to say, "Wait a minute." Like New York Presbyterian, I need you guys to fly me down to Sefi's hospital. And they're going to say, who the fuck is Sefi? And I'm going to say, I don't know, Dr. Sefi from Twitter, you need to figure it out. He's a pulmonary critical care doctor, and I need to be in his hospital. And then by the time they find out who you are, I will be dead. <laughs> Just because you weren't licensed in New York. Likely story. It could happen. That's what's going to happen. Oh my Bruce. God. Uh, I would cry so much. Please don't die, Addie. That's really stressful. Well, I'm going to take Melanie's advice. I'm drawing a little circle around the redness. And if I wake up in the morning and it's beyond that, I'm going to have a freak out. And then go to the hospital. I, I think don't you'll know be what okay. hospitals are near I me. I guess NYU, but... Oh, to don't be honest, I don't know. Don't go to a teaching hospital. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, wait. I could go to I could go to Sloan Kettering. I could go there probably, um, but I don't know which hospitals are actually near me. I need to look it up. I should probably well, know that this information. Isn't, this isn't one of those rocket science things. It's not a big deal. You anywhere? No, Sefi, this is a big deal because you know what? Your, I've had your some. It's not about to fall off or anything. I've had some horrible ER stories where I'm surrounded by a bunch of idiots. No offense to them, but like, goddamn, some of these like hospitals that I've been to in New York holy shit i like sit there and i'm like how do these people get like have licenses so there have been some amazing hospitals they're they're residents (laughs) oh that's probably why (laughs) because when we call them they're too afraid to even uh prescribe tylenol to a patient it's horrible it's so horrible yeah i do not want to go to one of those so no teaching hospitals is that how i ensure that there's no, no residents hospitals or you're going to have residents rounding on you at six o'clock in the morning and they're going to be hiding by the door looking at your redness from the door why does it yeah. seem like what actually seem like you know what, Melanie, residents in new york stuff i don't think that you were there for for this story i'm not sure if you were but the time that I was saying how I had to, when I was in a hospital stay for like two weeks, I just had so much horrible stuff happening to me that I also had to get a pelvic exam at the same time. And they had a resident perform the pelvic exam and it was the worst pelvic exam of my life. And I wanted to cry. And so now I don't want, I don't want residents anywhere near me. Horrified. Yeah, it was awful. (laughs) It was so bad. We have to constantly tell them like, Hey, it's 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 not that serious. 
like, just talk to the nurses. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. But yeah, don't just. I'm looking up um, hospital near me so I can figure out which one is the closest. Anytime you get assigned to like family medicine or like internal medicine. Yeah, they at a teaching hospital, they have residents. Okay, so mine says closest to me, actually pretty close to me. New York Presbyterian Lower Manhattan Hospital, New York City Health and Hospitals, Gotham Health, Health, something else, NYU Bellevue, um, NYU Langone. Yeah, NYU Bellevue is where I got offered a uh, um, a thing a long time ago. Actually, okay. Well, so they're a teaching hospital? Yeah, NYU yeah, Bellevue is quite the zoo, actually. It's a really um, busy place. There's Mount Sinai. Uh, I feel like I've heard good things about Mount Sinai. I think my friend's dad I'm works traveling. there, actually. I, um, where's, I thought there was another one. Where's Sloan Kettering? I thought that was... Sloan's more of a cancer center place. I have a friend that does research they pro- there. They probably have everything there, though. It's like Memorial Sloan Kettering. I thought they had, a, I thought they had an ER, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I've never been to a hospital in Manhattan before. I've only been, oh yeah, maybe they don't have, I wonder what my friend is doing research there for. Yeah, it is only a cancer center. Um, I've only been to hospitals in the Bronx. And if anyone ever, for some reason, is in the Bronx, don't go to St. Barnabas. That's the worst hospital I've ever been to. They almost killed me. Not really, but I felt like they were killing me in that ER. Coach, did you have something to say? No, I don't think anyone cares about my opinion. What's this party that you were supposed to go to, Coach? Which party? The boat. The boat, yes. I heard it talked about. The thing is, when you were away... we were worried about you because like we will miss you so much. So we were making up stories as to where you could be. Oh. Um like on a boat and stuff. So when you got here we were like mm. oh, it was just nothing. So I guess yeah. that's why you felt a bit hurt. Like we were underwhelmed, but really it's just because we built up these crazy stories in our head as to where you could be. Here's an idea. So let's say all of the speakers here meet for the first time. Where would you all like to meet first? Like the location, the environment, like where is the ideal spot for the first meeting and what is it like? Um, maybe like a, a big fairground. We're all going on the rides, but like half of, I'd say like Sefi probably wouldn't go on the rides. But he might go on the really crazy one at the end, but he wouldn't go on any of the others. I would say Bruce. Um, would probably go on all of them, uh, apart from the ones that sucked. Addy would either go on all of them or none of them. I can't tell which. And Kate would only go on the ones that looked really cool, like with the loops, but she wouldn't go on the lame ones like the bumper cars. I don't know about the rest of you so much. Uh, is that accurate? I don't think I would go on like rides because like I'm scared for my life. Like I feel like it's just too risky, but like. Like, I know what it feels like when I was a kid. But, like, if I did, I would go on the good ones. Yeah, you're right. Even though the risk of death is way higher. Mm. 
I've never been somebody that hasn't gone on them, but I'm definitely really scared of rides. But it's more, I'm pretty easily peer pressured into things. So I would probably just go on them. Yeah, I, but I haven't it. been to a um, like an like an amusement park or anything in a long time, probably since at some point in high school, maybe. Yeah, oh, Eddie, before going on to too many uh, rides, the uh, the the antibiotic that's uh, recommended now for cat bites is actually Augmentin. Oh, I don't think I've ever been on that before. If I'm allergic to a lot of other antibiotics, do you think well, I would have? Well, it's a penicillin base, so. Oh, yeah, so I would be. Amoxicillin clavulinate. But it would be the typical thing used for cat bites. Well, I'm allergic to amoxicillin. Oh, well, shit. Um, Then not that, then. I'm kind of a a tough one when it comes to antibiotics because I'm allergic to so many of them. I'm in a cyclin and I would stroke your hair and I would say, look, I'm your doctor now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would cure me, even if you didn't give me any medication. Yeah, I would just be cured. Chamomile tea with big spoonfuls of Scottish honey, and you know, like I would pick flowers from the garden, I would put them in your hair, and I would like put like a little soft, like silk blanket on you, and I'd say everything's gonna be okay, and then you'd be cured. I would love to have a cup of tea. I actually don't have. I would go I would go to like the countryside, but I don't have a huge desire to go to London, even though I've talked about moving there. But one thing that I really want is a cup of tea from a British person because I do oh. really like tea, but I just feel like probably the tea that I make is just absolute shit in comparison. Mm-hmm. Tea one day idea, I promise. Oh, that sounds lovely. You yeah, know, so after after I've met and it's um doxy, by the way, doxycycling. I don't know if I'm allergic to that or not. Probably not, because you probably have never had it. Okay. Um, so most people do pretty well. Tuffy, anyway, you want to hear something interesting? Maybe that mm-hmm. you'll find this interesting. I actually okay. never thought about this. When I was born, I had a tumor um, on one of my airways. Really? Yeah. That's unusual. So what, what had to be done about that? Well, so they... It ended up being benign, but because it was on one of my airways, they still had to like remove part of it. And then I ended up being on steroids for a long time also. And it was so like, I don't know, I don't exactly understand how this had happened, but I had a lazy eye when I was younger because of the way that it was placed. Like, I don't know, it was like had caused a lazy eye somehow as well based on its position on my throat. And so then I had to wear an eye patch for years and years and see an, a, a specialist. Um, and now I'm like, if I didn't wear glasses, I'd be legally blind. But um, yeah, my vision's still bad, but I don't have a lazy eye anymore because my parents are very vain. And so they could never have a daughter with a lazy eye or they would like freak out. So I don't have a lazy eye. Um, but I do if I like hold my chin and I like uh, press my tongue down um it there's still like I don't know like remnants of the tumor or something I don't I don't really understand I was never told the details but if somebody puts their hand up to my neck and I like put push my tongue down in a certain way and like flex my muscles in a certain way you can feel the bump still 
Um, I'm having a hard time understanding what, what, what your, where this thing it was. But anyway. I, okay. hmm. I just was like, oh, maybe he'll find that interesting. Because, like, I don't know. Airways. That entire, the entire thing with the eye and everything else sounds strange. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it happened. I don't understand the details of it. Hmm. I was little. They didn't tell me. They weren't telling me, hey... But I did recently tell tell my parents, oh, did you know that you can still feel this this lump on me? And they said, what are you talking about? And I said, yeah, you can still feel it. And they said, that is really bad. Why can we? Why can you still feel it? It should be totally gone. And I said, I don't know. And then we, well, I, I never kidding. brought it up again. Personally, um, it's probably just like fun, like like little quirk, you know. Oh yeah, when I'm drunk or whenever I start dating somebody new, I like to be like wait a minute do you want to feel something and that's then funny i'm gonna I, i'll meet you in new york one day and you're gonna be like you need to check this fucking tumor yeah it's like, gonna be like the subject of the conversation they get kind of freaked out and they're like what is that and i'm like it's my tumor <laughs> and they're like Jesus. what are you talking about and i'm like i don't know it's benign but uh, yeah my parents were a little concerned when i said i was still there but yeah. i don't that's know okay it's just fun I don't think I, yeah, like it's kind of just like exciting. But the thing that I don't like about it is that you can sometimes when I'm talking from where it is, because it's kind of like below my chin almost. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can kind of see it if I smile in a certain way and like I have my tongue pressed down or something. And like my neck is like. So you're like self-conscious sense. about this thing. Well, yeah, because it kind of like looks like I have like like a lump of fat or something. It's not a lot at all. I'm probably the only one that notices, but it is kind of when I notice it in pictures, I'm like, what the fuck? Even though it's not that noticeable, I think I just zoom in and I'm like looking to see if there's a little like, like a little um, bump in my face or the bottom of my chin or neck or whatever. But um, who yeah. would you guys say is like the heel of, of this, <laughs> the space? Would you say it's Hadi's like neck benign tumor? Or who? And if you're in, okay, go on, Bruce. You don't need to put your hand up to speak. In fact, I think it's better if you just speak. Go ahead. Speak your truth. Does anyone else have any weird childhood diagnoses? I've got one. I think it's kind of changed with time, though. So when I was a young kid, like four or five, I used to pee loads. I, I was like peeing every hour, like again and again and again. And if we go on a car journey, if me and my parents would go on a car journey for like two hours, I'd have to stop like every 40 minutes to pee by the side of the road and stuff like that. I'd be like, or peeing in bottles in the car or whatever. And um, I went to, to um, I think some, I don't know what the doctor's called. What's a, a person who looks at bladders? Urologist. Yeah, urologist. I went to get an ultrasound of my bladder. And um, at least at that time, my bladder was like unusually tiny. Um, so he was like, yeah, you, there's no real problem, but your bladder is unusually tiny. It's like, you know, less than, I don't know, less than 1% probability of having such a small bladder for your size and shape, or whatever. So yeah, like I had a, a tiny bladder. Now it seems better, but like certainly when I'm drunk, I seem to pee more than most people. <laughs> like I remember being a student and I dr- I drink a lot of alcohol and stuff and I'd be just going to the toilet like every fucking 20 minutes. My friends would be like, what's wrong? And I'd be like, oh, I've got a small bladder. And um, oh, another funny thing. 
was once <laughs> I was. If you say that, people will be like, they just think you're just like saying it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's another funny story. So I was in London once, like I was a London student, uh, a college in London, and uh, there was one night where we went out drinking to a nightclub or something, and I think we were walking home, and um, in London, like everything is fucking fenced, like there's no tree to pee beside or anything like that. Often at night, like it's it's, and there are security cameras fucking everywhere, and police roaming around. So like I kind of decided to pee down this alley that was kind of more or less disguised. I started peeing like down a drain in the alley. And then I hear behind me like, excuse me, mate. And I turn around. It's a fucking like three police officers, like two female police officers and one male one. And they're like, can't do that, mate. I'm going to have to charge you. And like, uh, you know, public, um, I don't know what it is, public urination. You don't understand. I have a small bladder. Yeah. So they were like, this is, public urination isn't allowed like this is a terrible thing we're gonna have to take your details and charge you and stuff and and i just started explaining this story of when i was a four-year-old um and i had a small bladder and diagnosed by a urologist and that this is a medical problem and i can provide four medical letters for it and there was just nowhere to pee and i'm a disabled person (laughs) i was like i'm disabled this is this is like um trying to criminalize someone with epilepsy it's it, for seizing it's exactly the same and and one of the female officers started laughing and like the the male one was like kind of like hang on is he serious and i think the female one was like was like there's no way he made that up in, in 10 <laughs> and they let me go <laughs> they just let me go <laughs> i can just i i knew this was coming i was like yeah, they let That's me go. exactly what I would do. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny to me because it's like I, I can put myself in that position. I'm like, that's probably what I would do, too. I'm like, officer, listen, <laughs> I've got this problem. They had the, the note board out, like fully ready to, to charge me with a crime and shit. Just, just like I think it, I caught them on a bad day, but they just never fucking saw this coming <laughs> like in a thousand years. And I really stressed that I'm dis- like, I kept saying I was disabled, like I'm disabled. Like this is, I, I can ring my doctor right now. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can look on my emails and find this medical letter or whatever. I can give you a medical letter. Um, and I, I think I acted like kind of annoyed. I was like, I'm a disabled person. I can't believe I'm being treated this way in Chen. Do you know what I mean? Like when an innocent pe- person is accused of a crime, uh, they tend to get pretty angry. Like if you look at, um, uh, like crime psychology and stuff interview with with criminals the innocent people get really angry because they're like why am i being accused of this like this is outrageous whereas um people uh who are guilty have like a different response on average so i was remembering this kind of stuff and i started to get a bit like feisty about it like i'm a, I'm a disabled person this is like treating someone with epilepsy uh for being a criminal for for having a seizure or something i remember saying something like that yeah just funny. Gee, what did you want me to do pee in my pants or this kind of thing yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, what do you want me to do with this this disability? Like, how how do I solve this? There's nowhere to pee out here. Yeah. So. So did they take at you or not? Did they what? Sorry. Did they leave you alone or did they take at you? No, they, they, I think one of the the girls just started laughing, and the um they ended up just believing me and and just said like, don't do it again, and then I left. 
Like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's, it's going to be open and shut case. <laughs> we got to go peeing. It's easy. Yeah. It's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they, they wanted to. I don't know whether they have to hit like records or something, or if they're just used to finding a lot of students and people peeing on the streets. Um, but they certainly wanted to to take all my details and charge me with a crime for sure. Um, do you mind? Do you mind if I ask what college you went to in London? Mm, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I could because I, because I've told a lot of things, but in the past, and it's quite easy to correlate. Go on. So they didn't stretch out your bladder, coach. Well, I, I reckon it might be bigger now, but certainly it seems to. I don't know. Like I've just noticed, like there's a normal distribution. Like when I was a student in a night, in like going to nightclubs every every week, like three times a week or something. Certainly I was like probably the top person to pee a lot. Um, it would often be annoying because I'd be like kissing a girl or something and having a good time with her on the dance floor or something. And I'd be like, oh, I've got to go and pee. And I pee and like I come back and like, you know, in a big club or something, everyone moves around and like people go to the bar and stuff and I fucking lose these girls. I'd be like, Jesus Christ, my fucking bladder is cock blocking me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised as a kid they didn't stretch it out though. Uh, well, how, would how you do you do even do that? How Mel do you stretch out the bladder? Wait, wait, That's let terrible. me ask. Melanie, if we were together in a hotel room, how would you stretch out my bladder? <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you just make people like like hold their urine for long periods of time? No, actually, the urologist goes with the balloon. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Ridiculous. How ridiculous! Um, but I, I read uh, I read that a lot of it can be down to training. Like I remember researching this after losing many girls in student nightclubs, who um, who I was in love with, due to my bladder and uh, and having to interrupt our our nights with peeing. Then I looked it up. I looked up like there are strategies you can use. Like you 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 make yourself pee only once every hour, and then you make yourself pee only once every one and a half hours. Like you can move it up, kind of like a graduated exposure kind of thing. Um, I guess it just trains like the muscles, and I think a lot of it is just down to like a habituated response. Like when a certain amount of of um, urine gets in your bladder, it it kind of triggers some kind of sensor inside your bladder and makes you feel the urge to pee quite strongly, even if you don't need to. Like everyone yeah. has had the urge to be before and only a tiny bit has come out. And that's like due to the, the, the sensing and the sensations in the bladder rather than your actual need to pee. Well, so this all may be true. Like right now, Addie has like a bicycle pump under mind. She's like, what is she doing? Like, did he, you know, how is this urologist going to fix Bruce's bladder? Like everyone's concerned right now. Yeah. I was also thinking about just with, with, um, bladders because I've done a lot of research into this, because once I made the correlation, I was like, that's so strange. What's going on here? I don't know if other women feel this way, but let's say I go have sex and I didn't pee before and I need to pee. It makes you orgasm like a, like a 5,000 times harder because the pressure on your bladder, the internal structure of... Um, your clitoris is like it extends upward and so the bladder when it's full will actually push down like on those structures and on your like reproductive organs and it like increases the sensation that you'll feel is that safe 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't do that. I feel no, like you should no, like use it. the bathroom before. Well, it's not safe to like consistently hold your bladder, like because it can lead to I think like I, I don't know. It's not good for you, and in the long run, like it can make it so that you like don't have control over your bladder but I think like if you do it like a couple of times like it's totally fine as long as you're not doing that all the time yeah it's funny with but like then, but then you get the risk of like feeling like you're gonna pee like <laughs> when you're having yeah. sex but that's never happened so I think I'm gonna continue doing it yeah I, I um in my in my learnings in my sexual learnings and, and learning how to to like finger girls really well and stuff it was interesting because you you can get to them to a point where they really fucking feel like they're peeing. I've had to reassure like a lot of girls. I'd be like, I'd be like, just let go, carry on, da da da. And they were like, I'm gonna pee, I'm gonna pee, I'm gonna pee. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's like, because squirting and peeing are like related. Like they're like, well, they're like, they're like, you know, they're well, like the, cousins. The feeling too of coming also does feel not completely, but yeah. it feels sort of similar to the release of peeing like the feeling is they're kind of adjacent they're like cousins so it's like like the gosh version like it's like related sorry that's really bad it's kind of like um you know when you have like a diarrhea or something and you don't quite know whether it's going to come out like a fart or a shit or something like that i think that's kind of in the realm of what girls feel sometimes like i've had girls on my bed and like um you know fingering them heavily and and doing shit to them and they're like i'm gonna pee i'm gonna pee i'm gonna pee and then um, I've been like, no, no, it's fine. Carry on. Like, I like I like water sports anyway. <laughs> just saying stupid shit. Like, just, just pee on my face. It's fine. Like, no, no, I can't. I can't. I'm like, and then I carry on. And then they just like, they come, but it's, there's no pee at all. It's just like, it's, the sensations are so fucking similar. Um, or uh, like squirting or whatever. But it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be pee. Or at least I it's a tiny bit. only felt like I was going to pee. If I had, I, if I did the bladder trick <laughs> where like I need to pee yeah. and I knew I was going to have sex, so I didn't, but sometimes it does kind of, um, like if you're squirting or something like that, it does kind of so, like for me, at least it's always caught me off guard and I'm kind of like, Oh, I didn't even like until it's happening and then it's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? Like <laughs> what's happening down here. And so it does kind of catch you off guard a little bit, at least for me, like, I don't like, it just like happens and I don't like yeah. have no foresight into it except if i have done the bladder thing then i like know that it's gonna happen but i am nervous like i'm like oh i like need to like get a grip here yeah it's pretty interesting yeah this is what happens down there like i don't want to like pee on someone accidentally it yeah, I, I, if you pee on somebody like most men like if you're hydrated i really don't think that they're gonna one notice or two care to be honest no no i think it's That's i think probably, yeah. they probably like it like even if it's asked like me to pay on them before and i'm like no even not. if it's be i think it's hot like i don't know i've had i've had a, i had a girl like cover my fucking sofa and just like squirt or pee before um just like enormous quantities and i thought it was the hottest there's thing there's a world. difference between them like if okay this is really bad this is recorded but like there's a difference between they're not the same thing at all I think there were studies done. I don't remember the results of the studies, but I think it was like testing female ejaculation to see if there was urine in it or not. I can't but remember it's, what, but it's what distinct as well. It yeah, there were loads. Of, most of the studies have shown that it's like full of urine, 
But I've got this theory that like but it has extra. So, but I'm like I'm a hundred percent sure that the times that I've squirted, like I was not peeing. So like I at least yeah. like, if they are, if there is some, if it is, that's really quite interesting because that has mm. not been the case with me, like but that I've seen. My theory is that it depends on the guy. I think if there were, if there's like a weakling guy or kind of beta male, like a, I don't know, like Moonrise or someone like that, right, if right. he's if he's fucking you, you're not gonna squirt, um, squirt, you're gonna squirt pee. But if like somebody like I don't know, Sefi or me is fucking you, then in that case, you're gonna squirt like a special like squirt substance, which is oh close to God. Mm. It's close Sometimes you take it like I just can't. Like he actually do piss me off. I wish that Mad Gold didn't have his second account banned. It'd Did be nice guess. to get him in on this discussion. He's so cute. He's always down to talk about squirting. Who sorry? Mad. Mad oh, Gold. Back, he? He's so sweet. Yeah, he's but his other his other account was banned again. He's really going through it, but why does he even get banned? He doesn't even say any. Oh, that's not true. He says like "good Hitler morning" like every day. It's probably that. Yeah, I think it's also sometimes if you're associated with a lot of those accounts, I think you're much higher risk to get banned. Yeah, that's why. Like I, yeah, like if you're mutuals with a lot of those big guys up there, they're just gonna keep banning you over and over again. It also depends what you do in the past. Like, we don't know what his past accounts are. Maybe he was more extreme in the past, so he's like, Twitter recognizes. I know they have AI and people check in and stuff. If they suspect it's the same person who was maybe permanently banned in the past, like, yeah, just, he has yeah. some. He has some. I'll just say this: he has some stuff going on in the background that is a hundred per, like a million percent bannable. It's not surprising to me at all that I don't think they're going to let him like have a Twitter mm-hmm. like at all. Probably unless. I don't know if he got a new SIM card or not, but yeah. yeah, he has some some shit that's also people. You can you can report people within group chats. Like if somebody says I don't know some some bad word or whatever, or something that is uh, even playfully joking, kind of aggressive, like I don't know, calling somebody a rapist or something in a group chat, people can report that and they'll process it and ban you for that, which is interesting. So like, be careful who you're hanging around with. Because if, like, an Aniki is in the chat and they, they report, you can get banned. One thing that I actually find kind of funny about, and, and this is recorded, so maybe I shouldn't even say this, but that I do find kind of hilarious about those sort of spaces, like the sort of right-wing-esque, right-wing adjacent spaces and stuff. They talk so much about, like, not wanting to get banned and, like, XYZ and all of this stuff. And <laughs> they will, some of those people they will so quickly and so easily like follow girls dox themselves to girls like all this stuff it's it's almost like laughable so true they won't do any sort of background research like i had somebody dm me and it was there was only one person of all of these different like accounts like that that when i started looking at that side of twitter and stuff like that i started following some of them and whatever only one person out of probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 different accounts, only one of them said to me, wait a second, are you a liberal? Or like, when did you stop being a liberal? Because they had, I guess, gone back through some of my old tweets. Only one person out of all of these accounts, like 
and I wasn't, I had no malicious intent and I'm not like super leftist or anything anymore. Like whatever. So I, I had like, I didn't care at all, but I was like, what if there was a, like somebody that was coming in and trying to like infiltrate or something like that, or like report them all or something. They're so easy. Like, it's not surprising to me that they get banned. It's, it's funny to be honest, how easy some of them are. It's like crazy. It would be like, I don't know if like men get the same thing, but you guys would be shocked at how easily some accounts will just dox themselves to you. Like if you're just a girl, it's, it's yeah, wild. No one even knows if I'm actually a girl. Like I just have a female name and like a lot of them haven't heard me on spaces or then they'll just dox so easily. And it's like, really? Yeah. They'll, they'll like, they'll just see that you're like a girl and they'll be like, oh, um, well, just don't don't show anyone this. Like, I'm gonna know if you show anyone this or whatever. And I've never like people that have doxxed themselves to me. I don't care enough. I would never like. I don't even know what I would do with the information. That like whatever. I don't care. But I do think it's pretty funny um, that they'll just do it so easily. It's like strange. Why there's like, why, why there's so many? It's scammers, kind of cute but... though. <laughs> it is kind of endearing. A like little they're just bit, so but... horny. They don't even care. <laughs> like don't show anyone but it's so strange i don't know but um well i was talking about med earlier he never did that or anything like that but just like some other accounts it's so funny the way that they'll yeah it's like no sense of self-preservation in the slightest the second that a woman follows them that's that's just my like sense of things right it's like everyone's a hypocrite about something and everyone's fucking crazy by nature like, 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 um, like, it's funny, like, they'll have like, especially like the political types that are really like, extremely one sided. Um, it's amazing how they'll act like they're super, super competent. And, you know, they should be the president of the United States or some shit like that. And they they make these mistakes that are like, obnoxiously amateurish, which um, is very funny. I don't, know. I, don't think, like... I don't think you can fault these men, though, for wanting a girl's attention, for wanting to be loved. I find it kind of cute, to be honest. No, I understand. I understand why. When, that whenever is. a big account doxes to me, I get like kind of like warm and fuzzy inside, <laughs> like feeling so happy. I'm like, oh, this like racist right wing account, like just showed me their face. But I these are also funny. the people that will be extraordinarily judgmental about, you know, people like, you know, either politicians or people oh, in yeah. authority or any of that shit right like they're it's just totally like, hypocritical it's yeah. complete hypocrisy generally speaking like, the like in other words you're... like gets out for like a politician or something they're like i can't believe this idiot blah blah blah, blah. and meanwhile they're showing their faces left and right and twitter dms yeah so. like like you can see it all the time like if you look at like if you read any uh news site right and you've seen the little um like comment section on news sites like those news sites typically have like, I mean, just imagine if you are commenting on a daily basis on those things. I mean, you've got about, you're, you're definitely in that like sort of like IQ, you know, high 80, like low 90 range. <laughs> the people that are like always commenting on those things, just nonstop, like what about ism and kind of just bullshit, just like very, very stupid, stupid simplistic shit. Like, like when they comment about like some of these people comment about tons and tons of shit on like political sites. It's just like, it's just an addiction pretty much. It's very funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. I don't know. I don't need, sorry. I don't know how we got onto that. I was just, oh yeah. Cause we were talking about squirting and then I was thinking about men gold. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, but the smart ones, the smart ones that do dox, they'll, if anyone listening has ever wanted to dox themselves, just start a Telegram private chat. That's I think that's the smartest way to dox yourself. And only send, take different pictures for every e-girl. Or like water And just send it for like one second or two seconds. Like if it's actually that bad. Yeah. Well, my personal strategy is I only, uh, I only ever dox myself after getting comprehensive naked photos of my victim. Oh, so you can you can like um, revenge porn them or whatever. That's <laughs> or whatever. not funny. And you no, can go to jail for that, Coach Bruce. <laughs> no, I'm not going to revenge porn them or anything like that. It's just that in their mind, like girls, like think about this. Girls are fundamentally super gossipy. If you would ever send them anything, they would send it to a thousand people. But if That's they not know, true. if they know you have, they have sent you everything about them and their body and and their whatever, um, then they're much less inclined to do so. Because on some level, they'll have a level of fear. It doesn't mean that you do it if they do share anything. I don't think it's true that girls are super gossipy. Because I wouldn't dox anyone that's doxed themselves to me, and I wouldn't share accounts or anything like that. I I think to some degree girls gossip, but if they really care about you and they... Girls understand when something is like actually information that should not be shared. You Mm. know? So you're you're suggesting that girls have like a level of morality? Yes, I think for men that they care about. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing. What if they what if what if that guy then uh breaks up with them or cheats on them Mm. or whatever else? Right? Yeah, well that's the big question then. They can instantly you you'll become less but I don't think listen, I think that for me there is some part of of myself that even for men that break up with me even if i hate them and i say oh i hate you so much some some degree of like reverence and respect that will not leave and so i would not share information that they told me in confidence if it were something that i knew could truly like fuck up their lives Unless they had done something, like, if they had, like, killed my mom or something like that, sure, then, like, (laughs) then I'm going to go say something. But, um, and I think most girls are probably, well, I don't know, that's just me, but I wouldn't share, even if we broke up or something, I wouldn't share information Mm. that was told to me in confidence. The only exception is if, like, a guy sends me a bunch of, like, weird, like, sexual DMs and, like, it's, it's, like, unsolicited, and then he actually does something annoying, then I'm happy to say, oh, he was, like, sending me whatever dms i don't because i didn't ask for it you know um if I yeah if it's somebody i don't know or some like creeper loser that's sending me like unsolicited dick pics i have no problem screenshotting them and showing them to people i don't care because i would never do something like that and if you do something like that i think you're an idiot and i think what you if, kind of deserve it what if his dick is really tiny and like it's a medical problem like my <laughs> then i'm probably screenshotting it even more to send around to be honest it makes me think twice about a lot of things i haven't gotten a dick pic in so long like they're kind of disgusting i'm trying to think about the last time i got an unsolicited dick pic i think it's been a while to be honest but um i think they've been falling out of fashion it's not really a thing as much yeah do a lot of males have pretty ugly penises like i've always taken for granted i have quite a good looking penis like objectively aesthetically but are there like a lot of ugly penises out there? Like in your experience, you think like you look at a penis. Unfortunately, and it's like, yes, yeah. Mm, I think I've only seen a couple that were kind of like 
Mm, I've actually only seen um I've only seen one uncircumcised penis ever or like interacted mm. with one. Everyone else I've met has Really? Been I've only seen yeah. one circumcised. I find them so dislike. I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry if any of you are circumcised, but I strongly prefer like with the full Really? I yeah. definitely think I like it better when they're circumcised, but it's also just what? because that's probably that's crazy. Well, that's what I'm used to. I'm going to be honest, the time that I was face to face with an uncircumcised penis and I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't know before I saw it that it was going to be, um, and I was going to give him a blowjob before we had sex and I was like looking at it and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm pretty sure I know what to do. And I think I did it like, right. But I was, I was looking at it and I was really nervous so I was like, hmm, well, this is just such an interesting what's situation. What's the point of giving a circumcised guy a blowjob? Like, it's a waste of my time. Like, you can't even feel what's happening. Sorry yeah, to anyone who's he can, he can feel it's happening. No, he can't. He can't. Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sound like a slut, but I'm pretty sure, like, if you're circumcised, you have, like, way less sensation. No, yeah, they could definitely studies. feel it. I used to, like, I didn't have sex for a really long time because I was very, very nervous about it, like, relative to when I started um like interacting with boys and things like that so the is the furthest i would go for a very long time was just giving blowjobs and i can and so like i feel like when you do that you have to get to a point where like you're i mean obviously you have to be good at them because you don't have anything else that you're doing so they have to mm. kind of like come yeah, from that so I'm, they I'm like they can feel it for sure but they can't they can't know they've no, been a they lot can't of they can't feel shit studies. i'm being honest like they've the been a lot 50% of the thing. Like. Well, yeah, but they don't know any difference. So, I mean, it's not like they're not coming and experiencing sexual pleasure. They it makes are. me want to cry. Maybe the degree of it is different, but, I mean, they don't know that they don't know the difference because they're circumcised. There have been a lot of studies now, Addy. I've, I've read all of them. Um, studies over time of circumcisions, especially late life circumcisions, like a guy who has um, phimosis or some kind of uh, mm-hmm. recurrent foreskin infection in his late life. Uh, Phimosis is the, the medical phenomenon where you can't retract your foreskin, so you have to have I'm it just going to say, you guys can tell me whatever you want, but my opinion is always going to remain that I prefer circumcised penises. That's fine. That's not my point. My point no, was Addy, like... Addy, you should think this through. Hey, like, hey, I'm talking, bitches. Uh, excuse don't me. Don't call me a bitch, Coach thing, Bruce. To be honest. We don't Everyone say those kinds of words. Everyone is a bitch to No, me. no, <laughs> I'm not. Not just girls, it's everyone. No, okay. that doesn't make it any better. Wait, there are things that are said here that are offensive still. This is shocking to me, yeah, Kate. It's like some kind of gay. Yeah, no one's calling me a bitch. I'm not actually. Everyone is a bitch. I like policing yeah. him. Anyway, like there have been loads of studies long term that when a guy gets a circumcision after age 18, then over a period of a few years, he'll eventually feel nothing in his penis. The reason is that. As a uncircumcised male who expand, who like exposes his his glands, his bell end, to his clothing, the the fabric of the jeans and the boxes and whatever he wears gradually wears down all of the sensory receptors in the the penis until it feels nothing at all. It's kind of like being worn down with sandpaper, and the function of the foreskin is to cover that up, to make sure that the the sensory landscape of the bell end is not worn down. And that preserves all of the sexual feelings. So, Addy, like if you've given a blowjob to a guy who's circumcised, he's feeling nothing at all. He's getting off at the idea of it, but the actual sensation is zero. 
that is just guys that's just you're frustrating me now because it's simply untrue because there are certain things where you can feel a visceral reaction when you do certain things in a blowjob and certain motions and certain skill sets that i have that i will employ and you can feel a, a difference in reaction and a difference in the pleasure that they're receiving if you do certain moves and certain stuff no, but Addy, so Addy, you can feel it move in your hand you can feel the no, no but hypothetically, no hypothetically if a guy's uncircumcised and you just like lick the tip of it like he's going to feel a lot relative if you do that to a guy who's circumcised he'll feel nothing like you basically have to do this like industrial production to get like any sensation yeah. i just disagree like i'm not going to start reading off my stats here but i can okay, you, just say like up I with guys I'm that have pretty... like neuropathies or some shit like some bad diabetics or something maybe something doesn't sound right know. like maybe yeah, you maybe guys they're off their thyroid like, or some shit. unless they've been fucking botched by their like whoever did their <laughs> their, their circumcision no, when they were no. babies no you guys are incorrect listen to Sophie and the doctor and listen to the girl who is i'm a doctor too no you're I'm not correct. listen you're making me upset because just because no because someone... like, girls, they, if boys can't feel anything if they're no. circumcised blah, blah, blah. okay well then why do people come in 30 seconds when no, like no, no. that's you you're being ridiculous like, you're being ridiculous here's you're the... being ridiculous you're being here's ridiculous i'm not saying they can't come i'm just saying here's that the since they're significantly hey, less objectively i'm the one with a penis here let me talk um as, I'm the uh, one that gives blowjobs. No, you're talk. not. You've never given. Yes, a, I am. Not You've never given penis. a blowjob. You've never given a penis to a real penis. A blowjob to have, a real penis. Yes, I have. I just told you that I've. I've circumcised penis, a guy that was uncircumcised. I've told you that I did. Circumcised penis is not I a real. I hate you, penis. motherfuckers. You're so annoying when it gets to stuff that we disagree on. But like, listen, no, but Addy, listen, come on. Like, even, even if, if a, you prefer, even if you prefer it, like. They literally got like their consent take away, away from them when they were just born. I literally and, like, have don't a traumatic care. event for the rest of their life. Like, why would you like let that happen just for your own sexual pleasure? I don't, I don't care. It's not about sexual pleasure. There, like, it's, Even, it's there have been plenty of studies that show that it's more hygienic to be circumcised. Even if a penis, even if a penis twitches in your mouth or your hand, and even if a penis comes, that doesn't mean that the guy feels anything. It doesn't mean that. Oh my god. A, you, you retards don't know how nerve endings work. Why the fuck do you think that penises are twitching? Do you think it's just some? You think it's just happening for no reason? The whole yeah, fucking reason like, is because there, well, there's he has a nerve penis. stimulation. It's like, happening. listen, what it's like oh is, God, it's like morons. if you kill a if you kill a frog or if you kill a chicken and then you touch the chicken or if you kill a fish, you kill a fish, you chop a, a fish's head off and you have it in a boat That's and then not you the you kick thing. it or you twitch it. <laughs> the, the fish will. You're making false equivalencies here. That's a false equivalency. <laughs> don't no, don't be fucking like this weird cognitive bias person, this weird logical fallacy. I'm person. not. That's it. just. The, that's the, a true that's, sign you've lost. Simply, there's simply no other word to describe what that is. You're making false equivalencies because you are this incorrect. Is not a philosophy battle. This is no, a they're both this like, isn't a, philosophy. an involuntary automatic. Yes and like, no. They're both oh like an God. involuntary automatic response your body has, right? No, they're it's, the exact same thing. Yeah. It's Listen, Addy, it's okay. like if, if you kill a fish, no. if, you, if you if you fish, you go in fishing in the ocean and you catch a big fish, you chop its head off, it's dead. Listen, right? I'm sorry but that you you're. I'm it, sorry you're uncircumcised. I'm sorry you like might have an ugly penis. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about it. You're never gonna convince me otherwise. When you've My given son will this is one of the most. Um, when you've given to uncircumcised men. Sorry, when you give them blowjobs to circumcised men, they've never felt a single thing. A hundred, a hundred, I'd bet like thousands of dollars they haven't felt a single thing. You've wasted hours of a life and you have to come to terms with that. 
you're just wrong because I've also blown, as I've just said, somebody that was uncircumcised. And the that reaction was, real, yeah. was the same. No, 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 no. That's not the same. Yes. Thing. Well, I've had the inverse. Okay, Coach, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry that your penis doesn't look as aesthetically pleasing as somebody that is circumcised. It looks fucked. Like, why would you prefer Kate, a guy with, like, some... Why would you Kate, prefer you a guy surgery you... on his penis, like, to make it look better for you? Like, but, how much do you love your partner if you need them to cut off their foreskin to find them attractive? It's not hygienic thing. That's fucking lady, I'm also saying It's not hygienic. Kate, you said that you've had sex with one person. Like, I have, I think, probably a wider range that I've seen. And I'm just saying, at least from an American perspective, there's more, there's more circumcised people here. It's probably a case of what I've seen and what I haven't seen. And now she's left. But that's the truth. So I have a lot I want to say, but I'm surrounded by people. It doesn't, I like, I really like, I don't like, have you guys read the studies on how hygienic it is? Wait, like, hold on. Yeah, it's, like, it's all bullshit. It's, hold on, Addie. Did Kate just block you? Probably. <laughs> she what? got blocked me. She's blocked me so many times. She'll get over it. Don't worry. Will somebody go remove her and add me to the group Yeah, chat? I have a lot I want. That's such a funny thing. Like, hang on. I... Blocking over foreskin preference. What's happening I think there? she probably blocked me because I said, Kate, you oh, said yeah, had yeah. sex with one person. I think I have a wider range of experience in this realm. Yeah, I don't know why, because generally sleeping yeah. with less people is, is considered better. I know. I don't know why she would care about me okay. saying I slept with more than one person. You, but You activated her like competition glands, like she wants to be number one. All right. Well, can somebody go figure out a way to get me back into my little group chat? That is, can you guys hear me, me or are we... Are we pretending like we don't hear me? Can you guys hear no, me? Where's my speaker? Oh, okay. Well, then we fuck all of you. What? <laughs> we do, Katie. Katie, are, have you made it through like really security? Yeah, I'm going up this escalator right now. I have made it. And so, you guys are talking about foreskin. So this blowjob discussion, like, is it beyond the like are you past the like security gates there yeah i am on where you can actually chime in on this this controversy um, this is like a deep controversy here yeah i don't really see it as a controversy either way like um i don't know i don't know if i should say anything I feel like it's like you guys are misinterpreting me. I would not not date somebody just because they had their foreskin intact. I'm just saying in the U.S., at least where I'm from, it is much, much, much more common to be circumcised. That's what I'm used to. Obviously, I'm going to find that more familiar and more attractive. I don't think uncircumcised penis, I've probably partially saying it because it was getting Kate so upset <laughs> but I don't think that like uncircumcised penises are gross or anything like that they're like I get that they're completely normal I do think it's a pretty like extensive debate on the like ethics of it I personally would probably just circumcise my son because the high likelihood okay to, to is clarify that I will probably actual um, science like marry somebody circumcised and then I would I would leave it up to them I will say it was kind of rude when you said that Bruce probably has an ugly penis because 
I haven't seen his face, but I have seen his penis, um, and it looks fine. So I'll just mm. put that out there. I don't know. He just gives me ugly penis vibes, but oh, like it's no offense to him angry. or anything. You're angry about your dead fish penises that have been ejaculating when the person's so, nothing. Bruce, I will say in my dream last night, um, when so I saw Addie, your face, it was really ugly. So, Addie, in your defense, the um, so far, like the meta-analysis of the the fairly large number of studies that have been done on this subject suggests that either there is no difference whatsoever. Or actually, in some cases, the circumcised penis has actually a greater sensitivity, not lesser. Thank you. Thank so, you. I'm glad that the medical professional <laughs> so, could come in and shed some light on this. I'm about so to I, sit, at the, sit at the bar. Should I ask everyone their opinion about penises and circumcision? Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, go to the bar and say, I'm going to go sit by this. Please. There's a group ask, of daddies. Do a survey. So, Ask them if they're circumcised or uncircumcised, and then be like, "Can I see it?" And we can compare and see which one looks better. Oh, Kerm is raising his hand. Would you like to say something, Kerm? Yeah, I just think that the studies are probably bullshit because, uh, like, I'm uncircumcised, but I've tried leaving my foreskin retracted, um, like for weeks, months at a time, Um, and it's definitely deadened the sensation. So. Yeah, I think that it probably does. But do you know how like sensitivity studies are done? Like, they're, it's not just like it's not something subjective. Like, they're real. Like, I I believe the sensitivity studies. I think it's just everyone that talks about it. I mean, even me, as I'm saying this now, I'm like, no, I I guarantee that they have sensitivity. You're probably always going to lean whichever way that you are. You know what I mean, or whichever way your opinion favors, even if you're circumcised, but believe that you know, it's better to be uncircumcised or something. What should I order to drink? Um, a dirty gin martini. Or Katie, I'm drinking. No, I'm not British. I'm American. (laughs) I can't believe Kate blocked me. Can somebody kick her from the group chat and add me to it, please? Yeah, I'm just like telling her off. I'll tell you, I'll read out what I've said. I've said, uh, it's, what have I said? I said, like, when when you lose your sense of fun using the internet wrong, blah, blah, she's like, bah, 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 how dare she say what I said about, how dare she say how few people I slept with. Blah, blah. <laughs> and I, I was like, it's fine to be serious, but don't block our, our friend out of a group chat because of your personal hurt and whatever. Just dis- disagree and leave it at that. Blocking is pathetic. Like, it's, yeah. I'll, apo- I'll apologize to her. Yeah, like, just. I I'm, shouldn't but, have I, said that. That's true. I just, I just don't like this. Okay, like, but remember when she was so work. mad because. Okay, but Bruce, she did the exact same thing when you said that you don't like no, or that you like small boobs or whatever. Yeah, it was the exact same thing. And now she's like, the roles have reversed and she has her feelings. It's just like. The hypocrisy is just annoying when she's like saying, no, every single guy, blah, 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 blah. And like, I guarantee I know this XYZ. But then she's she has admitted that she's only you know, whatever. It's just, it is a little like, okay, well, are, is, are we all just going to ignore it? Like, I guess actually Lucas told me I should ignore it when she does stuff like that. But I just, I just do think it's kind of like, come on, like, is nobody going to like say it? Like, yeah, I'm no, thinking it. I, I agree with you, Addie. Sometimes she does say things. And it's just, just very hypocritical. I pulled her off and she's unblocked you and I've re you. No. Thanks. Save the world. I think she was just upset about 
what she considered to be a lack of discretion. Like she doesn't mm. want you to say how many men she's blown or had sex with or whatever. Well, I don't, to be fair, I actually don't know how many men that she's blown. I mean, my I, number of men that I've had sex with is frankly different than the number yeah. of men that I've given blowjobs to. So yeah, maybe I it's different. I think your mistake was bringing it into the real a bit too much. We could have argued foreskins without debating experiences. I'm just saying when she's like, no, they look better. They feel like I know that they feel better. Mm, how do you know that, though? How yeah, but, you know but that? like this is the, the internet, isn't it? Really <laughs> it's interesting there, there, Eddie. There's like these certain subjects like um, cognition, um, you know, belief, um, sexuality that like human beings just go fucking crazy about like it doesn't matter like you if you have like a group that's large enough you'll have someone offended by almost anything like human beings are just fucking insane after like hundreds of thousands of people and dealing with shit like that's the one truism of all of all time everyone's fucking crazy like literally everybody Everyone has a thing they're hypocritical about. Everyone has a thing they're like a nut about. It's just like, it's standard. Like, and it's just a matter of time. Like if you go long enough, you have conversations with people, you're going to, it's almost always you're going to piss someone off about something. And then the deeper the conversations get, like the more likely it's going to happen. It's very, very funny. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you in that regard. Safi, my, uh, I recently saw one of my cousins and he's like, he's, uh, he's anti-crypto. And it's just like, yeah, he's like a nut about it too. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, I'm not gonna like try and mansplain this to you. Like I have before and it's just pointless. Like I, I agree, Sefi. No, it's like any, any, um, like any kind of like, um, like traditional or historic thing. Like, let's say you were into watching television and then the internet comes along. Like then you're like, the internet's stupid. Or the internet comes along and then, I don't know, some new social media platform comes along. And that's stupid. Like, this is how just people are. Like, to some extent, it's like this, the resistance to change. Some of it's, oh, there's so many different elements. Like, there's always something that triggers everybody. There always is. Like, it, you just have, if you haven't, like, if you haven't been ups, gotten upset about something, it's just because you haven't been poked at enough to, like, reveal what bothers you. It's it, every, everyone's bothered by something. It's pretty much a given, I think. That's the most hated I've seen things get in here, excluding you know random nut jobs that walk in sometimes. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks because it's like he's part of like the core group sort of thing. You know what I mean? But I mean, happens. People disagree. No, I just I just find it always interesting. Like what. It's it's kind of weird. Like I think Bruce, you're right. Like I'm kind of a te I have a tendency to be fairly agreeable about a lot of things, and you know um, I've sort of realized like at some level like I, I either I can pick a battle right like like this is something that's like worth it to me to like fight about or like I just sort of ignore it. But um, you know I, I usually can kind of hold my own in quite a few different things. I'm willing to like jump in on as far as like like research and things like that but um yeah it's like it's definitely a question of like whether you feel like like planting your flag there or not it's just like it's a funny thing um, you, we do this a lot in medic we, we do this a lot in medical debates that's what i was gonna say i i mm. feel like being in the medical field we know how to do that 
yeah it's like intrinsic to my like like native training like to like to do this like because i actually i train like lots and lots of doctors right so it's not like i i can't really just say whatever i feel like it i have to say things in a very specific very measured way um and like when it comes to interpreting research and things like that you know you you there's just a way about i don't know there's just a specific way you have to speak to get your point across um where someone can't simply say well like what about this and well you said it was that but the statistics actually say this you have to be very very measured and even then it's actually kind of hard to get a point across and what happens is um usually what happens is is that you end up having to have a certain amount of like verbal context like to explain a problem well enough to sort of make it so that it um comes across as both well researched and sort of balanced in terms of like what you're saying um it automatically takes a certain amount of words so you you immediately get accused of talking too much it's like the obvious side effect there's like there's you there's like a like you can't minimize a certain topic to a level where you can cover it comprehensively while simultaneously being totally brief about it so this is always a problem it's um like people expect a simple answer for everything they expect like brevity and this is the reason why like on the news like if i do a newscast or something like that um it's fucking annoying like like there's i remember this new york times uh uh writer that that came and said to me like oh can we cover blah 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 with you and i'm like um new york times i'm like fuck no like you people like you'll take like six sentences out of what i say the part that fits whatever you feel like talking about and you're going to claim I said this shit, right? So I'm not doing that shit with you. So like, there's so many of these newspapers and things you have to be careful about because exactly that will happen. And it's like, so in, in situations, I'm pretty sure like I can control the narrative or like, I'm going to be able to like speak like enough of what needs to be said to not be just soundbited, then I'll go for it. If not, it's like, I'm just not interested in those like newspapers and shit it's so fucking annoying <laughs> like they take partial um information they just carry it all wrong it's like and they don't even understand the right questions like so any newspaper or like um you know somebody that wants me to speak on some subject when they don't know any of the right questions i'm like fuck this i'm out of here <laughs> like because you're you're just going to get yourself in trouble they're going to portray you in some fat you know some way or whatever um Mel, you know what i'm talking about right like i don't know if you've ever had to do this I but feel that's why I like coming to listen to the Twitter spaces instead of talking. I feel like sometimes when I talk, it's too like analytical, you know, and I'm like, man, I just sound like a bore. So I love like when coach is talking and telling a story because it's like everything that I want to say, but I can't because, you know, we have to be really brief. And like, like you said, we have to sound like we know what we're talking about when we're talking. Yeah, there's a method to it, but it's like, yeah, it's different. Like Bruce has kind of a, a different sort of way he says things compared to me. And it kind of, it's a, it's a good fun balance, like actually. And then Addy has a slightly different way of speaking and it's just, I don't know. I like the interaction with everybody. It's really cool. It's, it's nice not to have the same, cause I feel like a lot of us do it in the medical field. So it's nice to have the variety in the space and to like, listen to it, especially when I'm at work and listening to you guys talk, you know, it keeps me kind of like still young at heart a little bit where it's like I have to explain you know to constantly you know I just had like a family member call and they're like oh how's my family member doing so then I have to like put my you know big girl voice on and talk about 
you know, how explain what's going on to their family member first in medical terms, then in layman terms. So it's like a constant like roundabout. Yeah, I've, I've kind of learned a way about this, too. Like, let's say I have something really complicated to talk about. Um, and I've got like a little audience, like a little family or something with, um, you know, a sick patient or something like that. I'll start really simple. And if that does the job for them, great. Right. Like, but let's say one of the family members is a, you know, someone in the medical field or like wants more technical info, then I'll go into like a greater depth. And then, um, you know, and then, you know, however depth is, however much depth is necessary to sort of get to the, the details people want. And, I, and it's just really about just figuring out the audience at that point. But um, otherwise, you'll either like, if you go nerd out completely on something and someone doesn't get a single word you're saying, that doesn't help. On the other hand, if you're too superficial and someone wants a lot of detail, um, you've got to sort of like feel that out a little bit. Each it's time. like we're constantly playing on what the other person is projecting. So it's like I'm constantly right. watching what they're, you know, how they're saying things, what they're doing, how they're interacting to kind of determine what it's like constantly like kind of like a little game, you know. Yeah, you can tell like uh, usually by the depth of the questions, right? That's the most obvious tell as far as um, like uh, like what people understand or don't understand. Because like if you, um, it's like the depth of. I'll give you an example. Like someone will uh, imagine you had your your I don't know makeup. Let's say you're 80, and you've got some kind of cancer problem, and you're just finding out about this thing. Um, you know, like common sense questions would be like, well, like how long would I live with this thing? Um, you know, what can be done to remove it? Or what, like, how long will I live if I get treatment? Or how long, um, like how many side effects are going to have if I like take treatment for this thing? Right. Like kind of obvious stuff, like things you think would be like fairly commonplace questions, right? (laughs) Like it's amazing how many people won't even ask the most basic of things. So I'll just skip over all that shit. I'll just explain those things that are the most common questions because that way they don't have to do a 20 questions on me. Because a lot of people, they don't even know what the like relevant questions are. The most basic. Oh, I love when you get like, um, <laughs> I love when they surprise you, like you're like explaining things, but then like they surprise you with a question like, so when will we be able to go on vacation? And you're like, huh? <laughs> right, like, right. Off the wall question. And you're like, you know, they catch you off guard and you're just like, it's just a constant game on like what they're projecting. Yeah. But after you've been in a while, you know how it is. It's like, there's no question that surprises you. Right. No. Like, yeah, after a while, it's like when you're first starting out, you're like, Hmm, why are you asking me these weird questions? <laughs> uh, but later it's like, it just becomes commonplace. Like every possible question anyone could ever ask, you know, is pretty much like you've seen it or you've heard it before. And, and it, uh, and you have like a, um, not a canned answer, but like you have a way of addressing each of them that's becomes like practice. I find myself like repetitive, like me and a couple of my friends were talking about this the other day. Like we use the same phrases over and over or answer the questions the same. Like, have you noticed that? Like you kind of feel yeah, like. You'll, you'll get your kind of style, right? Like you have a thing that you'll, you'll do. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like I said, I love the Twitter space because then it's like I can, I actually feel <laughs> like I feel like my work sometimes, like my personality from work. I just have to get away from it, you know. So like listening to Addy talk, listening to Coach talk, so even you, Steffi, like are young at heart. Like 
you know, it just, it kind of gets me out of that zone where I'm like, okay, I'm not medical. I'm just a person. Yeah. Even among trainees and stuff, I, I usually try to keep it really fun. Um, yeah. Like I, I wish someone was half as fun as me when I was like in actual, when I was in actual training and stuff like that. Like a lot of people, medical people like get really stuck in the mud. They're uh, really kind of rigid in, in many ways. Like, like I've always refused to wear a tie and all this other bullshit. Like if I have to go to work with a tie, it's like, fuck it. You can hire someone else. I'm going somewhere else. Like there's like, I'd rather just kind of like, um, I'm usually way more casual in that sense. Like I, I don't like the, um, like you're not going to find me wearing like a lab coat type of look. It's just stupid looking to me. I'm not sure why people even do that shit. Like, what are you working in? Like a, like a chemistry lab or something? Like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> no, it's the younger that do it too now with the ties and you know they well they make them do it because like they want to make sure that people can identify who like the doctor in the room is and stuff like that <laughs> but like yeah I, I, like since nobody tells me what to do it works out fine because i can do whatever i want so that's kind of nice but I, I just don't like the formality of it all like even like among the doctors and stuff i prefer first name basis and stuff and and all that like i don't I don't expect people to call me by like doctor this and that or whatever. I don't care. I think a lot of us don't even use like doctor. So, and so I think like your last name ends up just being your name. Like I became really good friends with one of the doctors I worked with for a long time. And like, uh, I just call him Kane. And so then he started dating one of my really good friends and he was like, no, call me my first name. And I was like, I don't know if I can, Oh, you get you yeah, you get used to a certain way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're just Kane. Like, I, I just can't call you by your first name. It's just weird. But as far as the uncircumcised penises and all that, you know, of course, I probably see about a thousand of them, right, a year. And in America, they're like, it's pretty much the norm. So yeah, it's pretty. It's the norm. It's yeah. the, so most most of the males here are uncircumcised. And then the ones that aren't, you know, it's funny because we have to educate like the aides or the caregivers on retracting because we've had males who are older come in with severe infections or they retract and the circulation to the head of their penis um gets restricted because they're retracted. And so then they end up with necrotitis and have to get their penis essentially cut off. Yeah. That's no fun. When when does this happen? Sorry. I'm like trying to do some. some So when you're you're cleaning like an older male, so it's not so much the younger males because you would hope that the younger males know how to keep themselves clean. But like older males, these are uh, um, uncircumcised people, uncircumcised. So you have okay. to retract their foreskin, right? So if you're going to sufficiently clean them and especially if they have like a folian or something, right? So you retract the skin and you clean and but you have to make sure to retract it like back to like bring the skin back. And because it's not a norm here, like in America, like we have to like educate like the aides or the caregivers because there's been times where they've like retracted the skin and like left it that way and didn't like pull the skin back. And so they end up with necrotitis and like the circulation is lost and then their penis gets cut off. So it's not a common, it's not a common thing. That's in horrible. America. Huh? 
that is awful. Awful. It is awful. Very awful. And then we have a lot of now geriatrics that get circumcised because they can't take care of it, of their people. That's really sad. Yeah. Interesting thing, like human beings generally, like in human history, like the average age of a significant portion of the population was like, like early 20s to late 20s. Like that was it. Like, you know, these kind of problems that we think of that people have like in their 70s and 80s, 90s, like the proportion of the human race that lived to that age was just nominal, like long ago, right? You'd die of like tooth infections and, and all sorts of stupid shit. Like just imagine the time before like basic operations, basic antibiotics, everyone just died. Like that's what you did. Like, you know, something bad happened. You saw the doctor, they put some leeches on you or some bullshit and then you died, right? That was how it worked out. It just, so... Yeah, it's only more recently that people make it to higher ages at all. And like all these different problems people have are really like not something that would have bothered you like at all. Like just think about like heart attacks and stuff. Most happen what age, you know, 45, you know, 40 plus, right? Like most people just didn't live long enough for all that. Um, So it was like, like high lipids and things like that are probably protective up until the age of like, you know. 20 to 40. And then after that, it becomes detrimental, but no one ever lived that long. Like all you had to do is like be able to pass your seed on, right? Like basically if you can procreate, you've sort of done your job genetically and that was the end of it for the most part. So like the ability to live longer with all these artificial means like antibiotics and things like that. Um, well, even just clean food and water, right? Like that's a huge part of it. And like before that people just died, it was just pretty pathetic. Um, so yeah, like, It's funny, like Western countries, like um, it's interesting how um, ungrateful most people in the Western world really are. It's actually quite embarrassing. People like get caught up in stupid arguments about politics and this and that other garbage. But really, like you live in like one of the greatest possible times in all of human history for like um, for all time. Right. Like that's how well like most people are living. And it's just amazing to me how ungrateful people are. It's really, really like saddening in a sense, but it's not surprising, but it's not. Um, but like when you point it out and people realize how short people's lifespans used to be and how all these different things that we deal with now, like people bitch and complain about everything. Like, Oh, there's a vaccine. There's not a vaccine. There's a virus. There's like, you know, not enough people died of the virus or there's too few people. There are too many people died of it or whatever. Like all these little subtleties are, um, or like nothing compared to what people dealt with even a hundred years ago. Um, and it's just like people have become amazingly uh, complacent uh, and just really just unappreciative, I think of like what like public health and technology and all these things have brought to you. Um, it's really quite remarkable. And like people bitching and complaining on the internet about vaccines and whatnot. It's the most mundane, nonsensical, stupid topic in all seriousness. It's like, it's like, you know, who's a moron basically by who covers this stuff and, worries about this all day and night it's just so telling of like incompetence essentially the type of like arguments that happen like both on a national level in public squares social media and everything it's really quite it's quite silly um really really embarrassing when i was in europe the most embarrassing thing was like it was it was mostly the americans that were like so rude and embarrassing and like complaining and i was just like man this is horrible like going to other countries and like seeing, you know, Americans like act a certain way. Like we, I was on a bus at one point 
and there was two women and they had like designated stops and they were like freaking out because the bus driver wouldn't stop at a stoplight and let them out. And it's just, it's the most <laughs> thing. Like, and that's just one of the, well, it's, it's not just Americans. It's just like in general people, um, like I meet people from all over the world and there's, there's people like that everywhere, but it's just kind of a weird, I don't know, just it, like this general sense of being completely ungrateful about what the time they live in, the sort of advantages that the world gives them. Um, it's like it, when, yeah, the more sort of affluent the baseline of that population is, the less likely they would have um, sort of suffered in the ways that people used to suffer. And I'm not saying like, you know, people don't suffer today. Obviously, people have diseases. They have like bad shit that happens to them. Um, you know, there's, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't have some sort of like story about someone in their family having something bad, but like, w like a hundred years ago, the types of things that would happen to you would be like 10 X, like more frequent, right? Like way right, more right. common. And, um, that, that, that like failure to understand that is really remarkable. Like, I think whichever age you were born in, like you get used to the pampering that that creates for you. And like, it creates a pretty soft population. It's really, um, it's it's really interesting how how like people behave but it, it's not surprising to me either though anymore it's like so i don't really get worried about it or think about it too much it's just um i, I think it's helpful for everyone to kind of always be thinking about that like like what are you actually grateful for like you know like you have a fucking phone that can do like has more processing power than all the computers put together on the planet to put the space shuttle in the, in you know in orbit the first time or whatever and like uh and most people are like oh i'm poor and whatever like and uh you know if only i the man didn't keep me down you have a fucking supercomputer in your pocket and you're talking about the man keeping you down it's embarrassing you're like a literal complete moron when you when people say that like like there's it's it's just objectively just stupid it's just really really embarrassing actually um, to watch people like, like, or, or, or not embarrassing. It's like, do you have, do you not have any shame? It's like, that's kind of how I think when, when people talk like that, it's really funny. Hey, Sarati, what's up? What's up, man? Uh, I was, uh, I'm trying to get back on this. Do men deserves right? What do you mean by that? Like, do people deserve rights or do like men as in males deserve rights? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like what the, what, what the topic was here. Um, Hmm. Uh, Bruce, uh, like men as in humans, or like men as in like males. Men as in males, I think. Oh, yeah. This was this. Uh, I don't remember who put. Addy, did you put this topic up, or did uh, Bruce? It probably was Bruce. <laughs> no, I haven't done anything today. Just been hiding it. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. Like it's whatever you think it is. We just always put some kind of like crazy title up here. Yeah, it's so that the. Only the true DGENs enter the space, and that's how our friends know how to find us, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like we kind of sneak around on Twitter spaces a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard to find this room or whatever. Anyway, so, uh, Addy, did you finally finish all the alcohol in your house yet? How far have you gotten down your bottle? Oh, she's busy. So why did, the, dead. why did the penis conversation escalate? Did it just like, because I was like in and out for it. Well, penises are 
a serious topic. Like, why are we here on Earth? It's to reproduce. And the penis is a major aspect of that. So to to undermine the, the significance of various qualities of the penis is a, a deadly crime indeed, and one punishable by death. I think all the penises... I have no fuck trophies, and I'm glad. <laughs> you were saying, Melanie? <laughs> I think all penises are unique. They all look different. I can't say two have ever looked the same. So we now, do you to... do you feel like there's objective beauty there, like that maybe there is something specific about some that are better than, better than others? I think that's not a question for me because I just see so many all the time, you know. Because once you start seeing them all the time, it's like the uniqueness is gone. Right. Just like oh, I got to put another foley in here. Yeah, it's more oh, clinical. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you can't hold your urinal, but you, your hands work. All right. You know. Yeah, we, I think we had this. Uh, Addie and I had this discussion at some point about like pelvic exams because she said she had a bad experience with them or whatever. I'm like, uh, and you know, Melanie, it was the. Um, what do you think about like uh, male, um, you know, OBGYN doctors and stuff like that? Right. <laughs> like, there's this idea that somehow. Well, maybe the male's only going into it because, well, they just like, uh, you know, to look at vaginas all the time or something. And like the reality is, is like the it's the least um, I don't know. It's like the least enticing thing to do, quite frankly. It's like it's like for most residents and stuff. It's like, oh, fuck, I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to do another pelvic exam. That's kind of how the the mindset is. I have the craziest story with the male OBGYN. So I have, you know, I have three daughters. So my first two, um, hold on. I think she's hanging out at work or something. <laughs> Why does she tease us like this? Getting that page. She's always fucking teasing us. It's weird. It's like, oh, I, 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 I opened this guy's trousers then, and then she fucking goes. Yeah, the anticipation is killing me. Like, I really want to know what she's about to talk. Sorry. Hold on. So um, my first two daughters, I had a female... OBGYN. And, uh, you know, for the first, like, so when you go in for your eight week checkup, right, they do the ultrasound, they do the pelvic exam, all that good stuff. Right. So obviously when I moved on to my third child, I wasn't expecting much because, you know, they do the pelvic exam, right. Two fingers in the vagina, they're filling your cervix and all that. So my third daughter, I had a male OBGYN and so I'm sitting there and my ex-husband's sitting across from me and, you know, it's just normal leg spread, all that good stuff. So he has, he puts, you know, his two fingers in, he's filling my cervix and then he goes, okay, now time to feel the back of the uterus. And I was like, huh? And there he goes and sticks a finger right on my butt and I just started busting out laughing. <laughs> Was not expecting that. Did not have that with the two other girls. Have no idea if you can even feel a uterus from behind. Yeah, technically you can. But yeah, it's funny. Like you were thinking, hmm, he's going to go through the cervix or, or do something weird. Next thing you know, you're getting like this rectal exam. That's funny. I was I was in shock. I just and because I was in shock, I just started laughing. And it was very awkward because there was hit. I think it was the doctor, the assistant and my ex-husband. And I was just what else could you do? And I think that was the first time I ever had a finger up my butt. 
Melanie, um, a little off topic. You were saying earlier that, like, I don't know, I guess you see a lot of, like, fucked up penises and shit. What's, like, the worst state you ever seen, like, a guy's dick in? Like, fucking, you wish you never saw it, some nightmare fuel type shit. The worst penis I've ever seen? Now, Jerbo, you do have to understand, like, we see the worst of every possible anything you've ever seen. So it's like, it's not like necessarily a dramatically objectively worse to have one part of your body messed up more than others at some, at some level. Uh, yeah. Like, let's just say the worst, like what's the worst thing you've seen, like done to a guy's dick, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. There's a lot of like stuff that would be terrible. I think that you would think is terrible. Like, of course, you know, when they have necrotitis, it's horrifying because the wound care on it, you know, your whole penis turns black and then essentially it falls off unless they cut it off. And then you have to debride it. And what debriding is, it's like you take kind of like a scalpel and you kind of like scrape the inside of where the penis was. And sometimes they only have like the testicles left. So it's like essentially like a hole so it it just really depends because like and then also you have men who stick stuff in their urethra also and then you have to take that out so yeah that's good times yeah yeah the um Jebra, just to, just as a reference like i think when um when i first started i think uh within a year or so um I had seen exactly what Melanie's talking about, which is kind of like necrotizing fasciitis, which means like the whole like groin area gets eaten up by bacteria, things like that. I've seen, um, yeah, I've seen uh, people put different things in different orifices, which is always a good time. Um, I've, let's see, what other kind of interesting things? Oh, I remember like fairly early on, I had the, there was this guy that like shot his face apart, right? Like he, he messed up, um, killing himself and had like a chunk of his head missing, um, and had to be reconstructed one hour, which is wicked crazy. Um, the, yeah. So like you, I feel like I took care of that patient. <laughs> I think everyone's had one of those for some reason. I, you know what I think it is, Melanie? It's like those patients stay in the hospital so long. Like they, they're like the, like everybody in the planet has experienced them sort of. It's weird yes, because they've been there for months and months at a time. Still, I couldn't believe he was still alive. Like he had, you know, like they reconstructed his face, but he had no eyes. Like he tried to kill himself and then he survived and it was terrible. But he was actually yeah. like walk around and like talk. But he was like in a totally different planet. There was this, um, I had this weird situation happen. Um, so there was, um, so there was this doctor and, um, I guess he was doing some sort of fraudulent shit, right? Like I think he was um defrauding the 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 system. Yeah, Medicare, the system somehow. He was um maybe uh turning in uh like false visits for patients he hadn't seen or some weird shit. I think it was a if I'm not mistaken, it was a foot doctor, like a podiatrist. And um and I think the FBI was onto this guy. Like I think they were um, kind of, uh, like getting close to, you know, or involved with an investigation or something like that. And I think he probably knew he was guilty or something. Um, at least this is how the story goes. I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause I don't know what happened exactly, but, but the guy shot himself in the belly 
I don't know why the belly, but it's just the craziest ass way to kill yourself. And there's, there was just like, and, and it was in his office. So there was like just blood everywhere, like this huge bloodbath. And um, yeah, the, the, some of the things people do are just weird. Um, and I think the guy, um, I think probably he was just like, uh, not willing to go to prison or some shit, right? So he just blew blew his belly out. It's just crazy, though. It's like like it's like a Japanese Harry Curry type of thing, like where, and I guess maybe there was like some sort of honor in it or something. I'm not really sure. It's weird. That is such a strange thing to do. I, you know, we had a couple. It was weird because it's like it always comes in waves, like the craziness of people. Like I remember at the hospital, like one week we had a bunch of like prisoners come in and they like all were trying to like pop out their eyeball. You're kidding. That's weird. I, it horrifies me. Eyeballs freak me out. And when they do like, we had to like put a patch on it to like keep it in, but it was like one after the other, like they were taking drugs and all of a sudden everybody wanted to pop their eyeball out. So, you know, they bring the COs right to the hospital and then we have to like, um, tie them in like a like a cross format, you know, so that way they can't like get at their eyes. It was horrifying. The worst thing that I saw, there was a guy who he he played uh, not not like pro football, it's like right below pro football, whatever that is, right? Anyway, he took a really bad hit, <clears throat> and. Anyway, long story short, he ends up in the emergency room, but he's got to be flown to uh, Birmingham. He's got to be life flighted. So UAB sends the the UAB uh, plane to go pick him up. When they're coming into land, now they had they had had him sedated, right? This guy was huge. This guy's like fucking six foot four, humongous guy, right? Anyway. <clears throat> As they're coming into land, what happened was was he he had a I don't know if he dissected if he got if he, he had he dissected the a pulmonary artery or from the hit mm-hmm, or what yeah. anyway it ruptured. Or the aorta maybe well he didn't he didn't dissect the aorta but he ruptured the the the, the pulmon the one of the pulmonary arteries ruptured um and I'm pretty sure it was the pulmonary artery anyway. He's so when he's coming in, they have him sedated to try and and have him on uh, um, uh, vasodilators to you know keep his blood pressure down and stuff. And he goes and uh, it ruptures on as they're landing, and he starts freaking out. He's not, but he's not losing enough. Like his blood pressure is dropping out enough, right? Dude starts spewing blood all throughout the all throughout the, the fuselage of the plane just everywhere just coughing it up yeah i mean but i mean it looked yeah. like a fucking murder scene yeah only only the pulmonary artery can do that yeah, yeah. so like that's what that was yeah and he it's crazy he, yeah he he of course obviously he died but yeah now yeah some of the, some of these things can be very like uh hor- you know actually an interesting thing um i don't know if you guys have seen very many like vampire movies but you know how in vampire movies um uh like bruce you don't watch too much tv i guess but have you have you seen any vampire movies like where the um i think i saw uh twilight once with one of my retard girlfriends a long time ago okay all right so 
<laughs> so you know how like um in some of the vampire movies so not only do they have the fangs and everything but they'll show sometimes like the veins of the face sticking out and maybe like the the vampire looks kind of bluish tinged because um the like the, you know it's almost like they don't have enough blood or whatever so they have to go drink more blood right um it's i'm pretty sure like vampire stories came from eisenmenger syndrome i don't know um if melanie if you've seen this uh, or not but eisenmenger syndrome is where you basically have um a hole in your uh heart between your uh right ventricle and your left ventricle and what happens is is when you're when you initially are uh, born what happens is is you don't see anything you just have a heart murmur because when your left ventricle pumps blood the high pressure that normally should go out of your aorta and into the rest of your body part of it goes into the right ventricle where it's not supposed to and heads into your lungs so you 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 end up having like excessive pressure in your pulmonary arteries of your lungs for years and years and years if it's not fixed so obviously in historic times like these things weren't fixed right these were you would just live with this. And there's a certain number of babies born every year where you'll find this. But there's this look about these folks when they get to like 20, 30 years old. They have a very blue look about them. And the reason is because like... What's that? Yeah, it's a cyanotic look. And the way they get this look is because as the pressure in the pulmonary arteries gets higher and higher over the years, the the back pressure essentially causes the flow to go from the right ventricle to the left. It gets opposite. That's called Eisenmenger syndrome. It's like where you have a reversal of the flow in this, you know, between the two chambers of the heart because the pressure builds up over time and the muscles and everything thicken up and, you know, cause the blood flow to go the other direction. So when this happens, you basically have the, uh, the blood that you've already used all the oxygen up, right, from your veins that should normally go to your lungs. Uh, it comes in blue and then it turns red when you get oxygen, right? So as this blood kind of flows out um, and you now have this shunt behavior, you basically have, you look really, really blue. And if you've ever met people with Eisenmenger syndrome, it, it looks like they are it had the visible appearance of like being short on blood because in normal life, like you don't normally see people get so low on oxygen that they're turning blue on a regular basis or walking the streets blue. Right. Most people with like cyanosis and stuff might be very acute. Like when you, You'll let's say for out. example, yeah, you're like, like first off, most people will not live long enough to turn blue. Actually, they'll just simply arrest. So that's not like, you don't see most people turning cyanotic actually. Um, unless you're like at high altitude, if you've ever been in the mountains and stuff and you've, you've had someone turn blue in the mountains, like, yeah, they'll, they'll do that because of the low oxygen levels and this and that. But generally you don't see this very often. And when you see someone just walking around like this, just all blue. So there was this one girl and for some reason her parents, uh, like didn't believe in doing this operation for some reason. They have some, who knows what reason. And, uh, um, she, she comes in and, um, she has this really, really like blue appearance. And I, and I remember this girl really well because, uh, and she was, I think, late 20s by then. And I thought it was really weird because um, despite having this like objection in the family to getting, um, what is it called? Like a, a just a shunt repair, you know, when she's a baby, fairly easy to do operation actually. Decided not to do it. Comes in and, um, and uh, like has very severe pulmonary hypertension and basically needs to wear oxygen and 
dealing with pulmonary hypertension is one of the things I do for a living. Anyway, um, she, she, um, is asking questions about like, well, what do I do next? And like, I'm really short winded and stuff. And the first thing I thought was, so it, it turns out this girl had blessed breast implants and I'm like, holy shit. She didn't like, she wasn't, didn't want her heart fixed, but she got breast implants. Um, I can't believe like a plastic surgeon actually like put her under anesthesia to do a, a damn breast surgery. Um, cause it doesn't make no sense. Like, uh, you know, you, she could have died easily, right? Like she could have died from the operation. But anyway, here she is with the breast implants. And I'm thinking to myself, here's a girl that in her twenties with this disease decides to get lung, you know, breast implants. There is no fucking way this girl's going to wear oxygen. Like she needs it, but she's not going to wear it. And I was right. Like when it comes to cosmetics, um, women are really predictable and I'm like, okay, she's not gonna wear oxygen. So she didn't, um, she never, she never actually kind of, um, like maintained, you know, touch. She didn't actually come back for visits and stuff, but this is a disease that basically requires essentially, um, you know, pulmonary hypertension drugs and ultimately like a heart lung transplant. And, um, I, I don't think, I'm not sure what she ended up doing with herself, but I knew she wouldn't be, uh, as soon as I saw this kind of thing where she got the breast implants, I'm like, oh, she's not going to, she's not going to be doing the things that need to be done. Like she's just focused more on cosmetics, being young and everything else. And she's just going to die of this is what I kind of, my, my intuition was. And I, I'm not sure what finally happened. She kind of disappeared and I don't know where she went, but yeah, very strange thing. But like, clearly if you look at these um, folks, it's like, this is where the vampire stories came from for sure. Like almost certainly like not, not just the fact that like, you know, how there's stories of blood sucking, you know, vampires, but just the look, you know, that look that, that kind of emerged in sci-fi and everything or f fantasy um, books, like clearly came from this. Like, like if you've seen, if you see a person like this, like, Oh, that's a vampire. <laughs> like That's how they look exactly. Which is very, very strange. I don't know. Mel, have you seen these uh, like Eismenger syndrome before? Like, this look where the veins are all popping up on the top of the head and they look kind of purplish blue color. I've seen it once and it was because one of, um, one of the girls on the floor had a patient with this and, um, everybody was kind of like unsure because it's, it's really not common at all. Cause yeah, like, it, and it's not common cause we we've lived in the time when these were mostly fixed. Right. So like you said, with cyanosis, it's usually like the lips or the fingernails, right? You're not, nobody's like blue. Like you said, like nobody's ever like totally blue. So seeing like a blue person, you know, like with um, liver failure, you're used to seeing someone like, like completely yellow. And I mean, they're right. Right. Yellow. But you're not used to seeing like somebody blue. So it's like, but it's, not, but it's not just like a little bit blue. It's like the lips are very purple, right? Yeah. Like it looks and... like they've been depleted of their oxygen. Yeah, because the lips are normally a pinkish red, so like mm -hmm. you 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 get this color and it looks very purplish, like it's a blue plus red. So then you have this purple and it just looks like like they're just thirsty for blood. It has that appearance, it's very unusual. Right, right. And it's, it it's in other words it makes you feel like your brain feels like it wants blood <laughs> just by <laughs> looking at this. It's strange. <laughs> I can imagine the authors of like whatever early Dracula books or whatever, I can imagine ha them having seen some folks like this. And then that was the, like the drive to create the story of like original vampires. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Cause you know, like back in those years, like, you know, these people probably would have been considered witches or some shit, right? Like, like no question about it. Like, like they look so strange. Like imagine medieval times and you look like this, right? They probably burned you or something. 
Yeah, because like even just that one person, because it, like you know, it not being common, you know, everybody on the unit has to go and be nosy, right? So we're all like going to look, taking turns looking at this patient just to see what they look like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's pretty typical. Like, yeah, that's how it always works in a hospital. <laughs> like, uh, anytime something unusual is going on, it's like, let's go see what's going on here. Um, we got to learn something from this. Right. So that that was my first interaction. And I have not seen that was probably like three years ago. I have not seen it at all. Yeah, it's pretty uncommon. It's pretty uncommon now that like, because pediatricians check every baby for this and are looking with echo if there's anything. And then like you get these things fixed pretty early. So you don't have to deal with all this shit. Um, but yeah, this, this like girl's family was unusual and said, oh, we're not going to operate on the, our baby. Uh, you're not going to do this operation or whatever. I don't know. Some people have like these like religious qualms about random things. Um, and then they'll kind of like, like as if it's in the Bible or some shit, like they'll just make it up. They'll have these weird belief systems and decide to do strange things. Uh, this was one of them. Like she could have like lived a perfectly normal life. Had she been fixed, like had the problem been repaired in the very beginning. It's pretty sad. I see a lot though. So when I was in Alaska, I did an assignment there. And the renal care unit, we had a lot of people from, um, not Somalia, um, American Samoa, Samoans. We had a lot of Samoans, and I was like, why are the Samoans here? Well, it's because they can't get dialysis over there, so they come to the to Alaska. And um, I had one patient, she was like 22, man, she had a fucked up fistula, and she was just all fucked up anyway. So she would never go to dialysis, have to come in for emergency dialysis, you know, 270 over 150 blood pressure was her norm. Just effed up. But she had her family brought a decree in to the emergency room that said they will not accept American medicine at all. And this was from their country or something. It's like, what are you doing here kind of thing, right? Yeah, like it was a big treaty, but yet we still had to do like emergency dialysis and stuff. And it was amazing to see all these like different things yeah. that like families would come up with. And she was like 22. She had like a kid and like, man, dude, <laughs> this, it was probably the worst fistula I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, she and she and I, you know, me and the doctors talked about it one time. I said, look, she's putting people's lives at danger now. Because at one point, like they would always bring in via 911. One point they found her passed out um, in the driver's seats of a car. And I was like, you know, one day she's going to pass out and she's going to like accidentally kill somebody else. Like this is starting to get to a dangerous point. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, you get, you get some folks like that, right? They're, they're going to get someone killed. Yeah, and I was just like, I hope to God I'm not driving on the road when she's passing out but it's funny you know like you know the tv show house like i don't know if you guys have seen it addy have you seen house much you know how there's that like yeah sorry i've been yeah i like that show right i used to watch it a lot i don't that much anymore but you know he's kind of like this gruff sort of character and all um it's kind of funny because like the way we're taught like in uh i don't know you know the hr videos or whatever the fuck you have to watch for medical people um, you know, oh, like respect this belief and that religion and whatever bullshit. And like, I have a simple rule. If it's like, if it doesn't match any sort of like, like if it doesn't like map to any kind of reality, I'm like, this is just bullshit. Like I'll just, so usually I'll tell patients that have like weird ideas. 
I'm like, this is just a stupid idea. Like, what are you talking about? It's just nonsense. So like, I do that on purpose that way, either one of two things happens. I convince them that like, you know, to do the right thing, you know, that medically that makes some sense or I get them to like quit and say, all right, I'm just fine. I'm perfectly fine with dying, but like, I'm not going to do anything. That's fine with me too. It's the middle ground shit. I don't like, right. I don't mind if like someone like concedes, you know what? I don't want this. I'm fine with dying. That's cool. Or if they, you know, want to get like, you know, a proper treatment for something that's cool. But when people have these weird requests, like uh, where they want all sorts of nonsense, I just sort of make fun of them right up off the bat. I'm like, this is just stupid. You guys are idiots. You have no idea what you're doing with medicine. You're just talking nonsense. If you want to go and like see a witch doctor or some bullshit, you know, you want to have someone talk, like, you know, do this idiotic thing you want, you can go find someone else. And I'll just sort of like walk out. <laughs> and then later the, the nurse will say, oh, no, 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 they want to do this, that, and the other thing. Come back, come back. So it's like a perfect way to um, like deal with that. Because then if they don't like you, then they can just go see some other idiot who will do all these things that they want, as opposed to getting stuck with these like like stupid situations. And I don't know how doctors, you know, deal with this, money, but like, it's, uh, you know, after a while, like when you're doing critical care, it's like you get tired of these kind of, you know, stupid discussions about ridiculous voodoo people want to do. And uh, it's just a, like, <laughs> like I've developed this sort of method to get around it. I love that method. Well, like some of the nephrologists can be kind of soft, which <sighs> like we have this one, he's a genius. And they wanted to, like, recruit him to, like, Seattle. And, like, his bedside manner is weird. But I find, like, he's more softer on these patients. So then he ends up, like, the noncompliant patients, he ends up putting, like, PD in them. And I'm like, why are you giving them PD when they are not going to do it at home? You know? So it's like, why not just be up front and be like, dude, you don't take care of yourself. Like, what are we doing? And they Yeah, I usually will say something like, yeah, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, then they can sort of like, and they just cut it off right there, and then they can decide what they want to do. Like, do they want to listen? Do they want want to listen? Or that kind of thing. I, I tend to be pretty short about it because spend time like trying to convince them and like reeling them in, and they're going to do whatever they want anyway. You know? Yeah, you know, that's how people are. Conversation. Let's skip the half an hour conversation. I don't want to sit there for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some people that like, you know it's fine with convincing people of things and all that and getting into the details, but. If they're if they want to be rational about it, right? Like, let's say they have like maybe their rationality is incorrect because they just don't know. That's one thing. But if you're just completely insane, like you have this weird belief system about something, you know, you're not going to convince that individual about these things. Like if they live in a dry cabin in Alaska and they had to get <laughs> helicopter to the main hospital, so then they're on dialysis and they really believe like they got like one of their legs amputated. And don't believe their next leg is going to get amputated, even though it's like black up to the end. That ankle. happens all the time. Yeah, yes. what Melody's talking about happens all the time. It's an interesting, like, people have an amazingly good, like, denial mechanism that, like, you know, reality is not actually reality. It's really funny. It is. It's amazing. But is it? Is reality actually reality? What is the actuality? What do you mean? Like, like if your leg is missing, it's, it's <laughs> my leg is not really missing. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting how how uh, like it's fine. I mean, like denial is good to some extent. Like you need it, right? Because you know everyone knows they're going to die. So like you have to have this sort of some baseline sense of denial and kind of like this like hopeful attitude, despite like like looking into the darkness in a sense. So that's fine. But um, but when it comes to actually making decisions, you're sitting here standing. Imagine taking your car to mechanic, right? And um, 
the mechanic says, well, like, you know, your, your front suspension's no good. Like the engine's going to need to be replaced. This, this car is like, you know, you're going to have really a lot of problems with this thing. And then you tell the mechanic, no, I won't. Like, you know, like, like, it'll be fine. Like I'm going to pray to Jesus or whatever. And like the car's engine will be like repaired. A miracle will happen. And this kind of thing, like it just becomes obnoxious at some level. Like it's fine to be hopeful. Oh, I hope like maybe the bill for this car is not going to be too much. Or I hope like they can fix this thing and I don't have to buy another car. Or I hope, you know, you can have like, I think I separate hopes and wishes into two different categories. Like being hopeful is like the possibility that something actually legitimately that can occur could happen. It's like, it's like almost a minor wish, but then there's like wishing for a genie in a bottle. Right. Like, you know, I pray to the Lord something, something, and I'm going to rub this genie on the bottle and this genie is going to come out and give me a billion dollars or whatever. That's just kind of a wish, right? Like a hope and a right. wish, like there's a difference. And I think um, you have some people that are hoping for things that are so ridiculous. They make no sense whatsoever. And it happens all the time, all the time. And there's no way for like you as a, a doctor or a nurse or whatever to like solve these things for them. Like you don't have this thing they want. And so that's always the the thing. Like if you keep playing into that that story, then what are you going to do exactly? You're going to manifest what? Like a genie in a bottle? Like what are you going to do? So you you're you're stuck with certain limitations, obviously. And and uh, we we just deal with this stuff all the time. About that then. But, so, but on that, how much do you think um, like mindset and um, manifesting sort of plays into that? Like you know, the recovery aspect. So that's my thing. So, I mean, obviously what you do, you know, you have, you know, the placebo effect, right? So, I mean, how, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's been studies done that have shown that like, you know, not, I mean, I'm not religious. I'm a fucking atheist. Yeah. There's studies that have shown that like belief in something helps the healing process lots of times. I mean, not yeah, always. But, but there's a, but there's a, that's a whole range of, um, that there's a whole range to that, obviously. Um, like, for example, if I walk into your office and I've got like blood squirting out of my neck and I, sure, you sure. tell me like, oh, hey, there's blood squirting out of your neck. And I'm like, no, there isn't. Um, it'll be fine. Like um, the Lord, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, Krishna or some shit's going to help me. Um, and you're like, OK, well, then, you know, have a seat in the waiting room then, um, you know, like you know, there's a, there is a kind of a, a, an extreme sort of sense of like denial and weirdness that gets into people that you can't like f help them if that's how they're going to think. Right. Oh, so that's I, I why, that's why I say there's a difference between being hopeful and then just simply wishing for shit. It'd be the, it's no different than like going to Vegas or something. And you hope that maybe like while you're playing slots on your way to the buffet, you know, you win like, you know, 50 bucks or something or whatever. It's another thing if you go to Vegas and you're like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm going to take my thousand dollars and I'm going to win a billion dollars in Vegas this weekend. Like, that's a bit weird, right? Like, it's a different mindset. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, the people that will say like, well, if you don't win, you don't play, you're never going to win that kind of mindset. Yeah, sure, I suppose. But like, is that how you're going to walk into like a health problem? You know, and you're going to assume that. Yeah. With the placebo effect, you have to be doing what you're like being told to do. So if you're like, yeah, I believe that my leg's going to get better. But yet the next day after, you know, post-op, you're complaining about your diet because you're on a renal diet because you got diabetes. Right. And you're carb controlled and you're like, no, I don't want this diet. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you can believe that you're going to get better, but 
if your diabetes is uncontrolled and you're not controlling your diet, you're not going to get any better. So yeah, like, like what you're saying is like if you're if you believe in something that actually results in like some useful behavior, it's one thing, right? right? Like it, it. So for example, if you're like, yeah, I'm a fighter, I'm going to be good, you know, and you decide to get up more after you've had your hip operation or something, and you're like get right. up, getting up, moving faster. Yeah, that's that's obviously a situation where like your go get em attitude is going to make a difference, right? But it doesn't automatically mean the same thing for every type of disease. Um, you know, like you'll have people come in with like basically a lethal brain tumor of some kind. In fact, I dealt with that today. Um, lethal metastatic brain cancer to to the head. And like, um, you know, and, you know, they're practically their brain is basically destroyed in a coma. And, and you have like folks wishing for like silly shit like, well, maybe if we got some chemo or something like that, things will be okay. No, things aren't going to be okay. You're just still in denial. But then that's okay too, by the way. I have no problem with like, you know, taking your time to sort that out because obviously it can be quite shocking, especially if you have a young family member. But I mean, but the grieving when, process takes time. Though. Yeah, it's when people ask for the stupid things, though, that um, starts to get really, really um, interesting, right? Because here's the thing. It's one thing to say grieving and everything, but let's say you're dying of something. Do you actually expect like an entire team of people to do CPR on you for something that's like impossible to cure? Um, like you're going to subject everyone to doing this for people that makes no sense at all. So this is a common thing in Western medicine that you have to deal with. Um, and it's, it's just patently absurd. It's actually just, it's simply malpractice and, and quite frankly, like should not be even rational, but like it's, you're expected to do it because like, well, someone could maybe sue you or someone could do this or someone could do that. Like, in other words, when you have a pilot tell you, like, let's <laughs> I give this analogy, like you go to the airport, right? And you go to the, the little waiting room at the airport or whatever, the little, um, you know, where the passengers sit <laughs> and they sit, tell you, okay, the plane is canceled. And, um, you know, how you'll have a couple of Karens like, oh, like, you know, like, I need to get to this, whatever, You're like, you can't cancel this flight. And there's, you know, who knows, who the fuck knows why they cancel the plane, right? But let's say the pilot comes out and says, hey, by the way, like the engine's on fire. And you look out the window and the engine's on fire. And like, the people in the airport are like, oh, no, like, we've got a wedding to go to. And um, you we got to get on that plane right now, right? That's the way people behave. Right. When you t put it in that context, it's patently absurd. It's just nonsense. It doesn't matter if your child's dying. You're not getting on that airplane. The plane is on fire. Right. It's as simple as that. But complete like like the complete betrayal of common sense is what happens to people when s someone's like sick or someone has medical illness. It's weird because it's inside your body. So it's not concrete to like 80 percent of the population. So like if you see a fire, for example, it's like, okay, that's on fire. I can see it. I can believe it. I can, I can touch this. Like, oh, look, it's hot. There's smoke coming off of it. It's really obvious to people. But inside the body, it's like, it's like to people, that's magic. Like it feels like, well, the, you, know, the, you know, there's magics that happens inside this black box called the body. There are no real organs or anything there. Like if I just simply pray for something to get better, it automatically will or whatever. This is the kind of the way a lot of people sort of, act or believe um and it's like it's impossible to, it, what's up they're npcs yeah and it's impossible for them to actually be convinced otherwise which is also interesting um it's many of the times right like it's like interesting how 
like you're not in that place in your life with your intellect or your knowledge or your understanding about basic science or anything else to like even receive the message of like what they're asking for doesn't make any sense. Right. Which is, which is, you know, and this is not automatically something that happens only to say quote unquote dumb people or something. You can be quite emotional about things and be fairly intellectual, like, and, and still make weird decisions. Um, it happens to everybody. Like everybody. Yeah, I, I was a combat medic with the Marines, and yeah, when I deployed to Iraq, I mean, in the early 2000s, like, I mean, I I, I dealt with this very, but it wasn't, it, but it was not from usually the patients that you know that I was dealing with, but from my you know my friends that you know were in my unit and stuff. They're oh yeah, no, he's gonna make it, man. He's gonna make it. You know, don't worry. Yeah, about it. and it's like well, no, no, he's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Like I've dealt with military plenty. And yeah, it's different um, when you're dealing with younger folks. And it's more like traumatic injuries and things like that. Um, You know, it is a bit different. I'm sorry, you're not coming back from, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course, of course. And I don't think most combat troops uh, are necessarily in total denial about that. But at the same time, for the benefit of the team, like, let's say you're in the middle of a battle. Like, you can't be worried about this sort of thing. You just can't be. So there is a certain level of, like, pushing this off to later, um, which is not uncommon among, um, like, active duty, like, wartime, like, uh, people in the field, right? So it's different. You you were there. You know what I'm talking about. So it, it is, it's a bit different than, like, um, civilian situations or whatever. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the three-part Chepe space that started out titled Where is the Coach and ended up Do Men Deserve Rights? Recorded on Saturday, October 1st, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. Diving through the forest, looking for the door to the portal. Said it'll take me down a corridor. I'm ignoring the warning, storing importance. The cord looks source from ancient coordinates. Smells like musty mutants, trust me. I've been hunting bugs since the leaves started rustling. I must be getting close, yo, the scene is disgusting. Parasitic mutation, bleaching off the country. Grab a couple samples and defy their custody. Feeding gamma rays to the beast and peak velocity. Mutating awesomely. Pre-Sado wanna me, taking all the scraps and feed them to the lottery. Always evolving to defy the possibly These are the things that will scream irresponsibly Feeling uneasy, these genes get them off of me I don't mean to trip it, am I mutating properly? We are mutants We are mutants We are mutants We are mutants Unlock the lab, it's time to do this Thank you.
Breathing getting heavy, I can feel it in my arms, but I can't stop now. Mutation. It's an art form, don't be alarmed. If you see me looking odd when I'm out on the farm, spinning crop circles in your yard, reaching the stars, need a way to get across. Got this little mutation, lets me hack key cards. Seen looking like it came out the first three saws, flexing like Rex when I mutate the precop. Leaders trying to research this genetic seesaw. Give me all the science and we'll leave you with the pre slaw. Riders believe they bleed these endorsements, turning scientists into terrorist supporters. Gotta seize the spoils and release the spores. It's time to forage through DNA lore. So sink it a swim, silly Alice, take the pill and see. We're all mad here, taking over your facility. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do this. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. We are the mutants. Unlock the lab, it's time to do this. Terrorist spaces.